Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today, I have Nick. And where, and where is producer Ryan? <laughs> He's home, washing his tights. <laughs> and you can't keep him down. I'm oh, sure. Wherever man, he always, is, Japan, wherever. We always got to get wherever. one of those in there. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely wearing tights in Japan. <laughs> I, you know, geographically, we think that's where he is. Definitely wearing tights. So, so today is just going to be uh, just us two. Just That's us it. Two dynamic duo. Room. Yeah. So no the, tripod. There you go. The dynamic duo. Ryan's uh, Ryan's enjoying his vacation over I'm in Japan. I'm obviously so. Batman, and you're obviously Robin. That's yeah. Not, that's not debatable. <laughs> I'm Alfred. What are you talking about? Oh, all right. You want to be Alfred? Great. I was, I was talking about this uh, with I'll my girlfriend. I'll uh, go take Go fetch me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> take a scotch on, on the rocks. So I, I was talking about this with my girlfriend. I'm just like, how much do you think Alfred's salary should be? Because he does more than just being he the butler. He must just have like an like, at like a, a set like 20% of the Wayne assets. Yeah. That's what I think. So, well, how much do you think he would be, you know, if if someone actually had Alfred's job? Like uh, how much do you think that salary In 1989 be? or now? Let's say let's say now. Let's say now. It's got to be like, like a couple million, right? It's for gotta salary. Be, yeah. So, at least a million dollars. Yeah. I mean I was, to be that like uh Subvert, I don't know. Like that's like he does. That. He does everything. So as far as like you know, of course, He's, the daily house. He stuff, manages but... the Batman operation. Yeah, he does he, the that. daily household, the dishes, the cooking, the cleaning. He stitches Batman he, up. He too, deals Bruce with Wayne. the girls. Batman makes angry. Yeah. You know, he's got to take, he leaves them like a Derek Jeter gift bag or whatever they get, <laughs> you know, so he's got a lot of responsibilities, so, and he flies the Batwing sometimes. He's got like an NDA already <laughs> typed out and everything, you got if, to sign if there, it. I feel like if there ever was a real Jer- uh, a real uh, Alfred, it would be Jeremy Irons. Jeremy they would just Irons. hire Jeremy the actor to do it, and he'd yeah. be like, all right, let's do it. Jeremy Irons has definitely been a really solid uh just Alfred in general, I would say. So He's good. I like them all. I don't think there's one that I really hate so far. Okay. Uh, that I can remember anyway. I actually like the one from this movie. I forget how much I like this guy. Yeah. And he no, stayed he all the way through Batman and Robin. Yeah, right? he did every single one of them. Yeah, so, for, of uh, this universe. I can't anyway. remember when he finally passed away. I think it was... Sometime after Batman and Robin. Not okay. too, too long after, Hopefully not from watching Batman and probably Robin. From, yeah. Probably from. Probably <laughs> from. <laughs> Soon as he saw Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Mr. Freeze costume... My he's heart like, just gave out. It's like, I'm I have done. no will to live anymore. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of it. <laughs> you know, maybe it was the first ice pun. No, it wasn't the first ice pun. It was the 50th ice pun. That's, that's, right, what, yeah. that's what did it. So um, if you guys can't tell by the title, we're doing Batman 89. 1989 so. Batman. It's about yeah. time. We talk comics so much. Yeah, I didn't did. subject you to four hours, the ultimate cut of BVS. I'm bringing you in cleanly, like a little over two hours for Net- Tim Burton's Batman. That's always been our roots, too. Just go back to comics. Go back to comic book movies. They're so easy to talk about. You can talk about them for hours. So uh, as always, we'll start off with a little bit of movie news. So. Uh, got a couple of big things. Um, so we've got a new Star Wars movie that is, I guess, not so much in production, but getting ready to go together. The For plot, now. yeah, the plot is unknown. <laughs> yeah, the plot is unknown, and it's unclear whether it's going to go to just uh, streaming Disney Plus or even just your. How could you movie send it right too. to streaming? I mean, I mean, you're guaranteed at least a couple they, hundred million they, dollars they domestically. Said, I know that's it, true, even if it's crappy. I mean, like Solo. Yeah, that's true. Even if it's crappy, it's gonna make mo- it's gonna make money. But you don't want to do the burnout though, too, because if it goes straight well, to theaters, you that's, know, this is what we always talk about after Rise of Skywalker. And again, I still have not rewatched it. I really yeah. should. Um, I really didn't like it, and I nothing. I had no clear thought out of Rise of Skywalker except for the fact you got to take a breather, guys. Yeah, especially with the movies. You want to stick with the Mandalorian, try to get the Obi Wan thing off the ground, fine. But the movies, you got to just let it breathe. So for a second. they said they're gonna. They said that's the end of the Skywalker saga. You know, that's that's the which end is of it. A which messy is, bummer. Yeah, which is a weird okay, way to so end things. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. That's a weird what they, way I don't believe anything saga. they say anyway, so I don't know why it matters that they so say that. <laughs> I would like a 
Star Wars movie just because, yeah, I'm glad that we're getting series, but I would like it just not centered around maybe maybe oh, centered around maybe no, one or want? two Knights Jedi's. Of the Old yeah. Republic? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think would that's like, the uh, way to go. I think I would like something as far as uh, story point from whether it's just the Rebels or even just the Stormtroopers. On that note, or Clone, Wars, Rebel, so. Clone Wars just came out last season, right? Yeah, Final Clone, season, right? Oh, did it already premiere? I think or? it just premiered, okay. yep. So yeah. I'm interested to watch that. I haven't gone all the way back and watched it, but every time I watch one of those episodes, you're on Disney Plus, it comes up really quick yeah. after you watch a Star Wars movie. I'm satisfied. So you could do something within that universe. I don't know if you want to go back to Clone Wars time because it's Hayden Christensen or yeah. you know, that'll cause a ruckus. Well, or whatever, I think if but... you're good, I would like it if they did that movie, they just kind of moved away from like your A-star cast as far as your Jedi's and even just a lot of those people. I think it would be better if they just kind of focus on, you know, Sub, maybe, yeah, subplots as far as like Mandalorians, <laughs> uh, maybe not so much Mandalorians, but gotta I, have would, I would definitely like something as far as like from a stormtrooper kind of point of view. I know I've, I, that saw, would be a interesting. Long, okay. I saw a long time Sith. ago. Um, Let's explore the Sith. We really don't know a ton about them. Yeah, I guess we, we could, could go to like Sith a Sith too. origin. Yeah. But the people, did you play Battlefront 2? You did Yeah, not, I did play. Oh, yeah, you did? I play, yeah, I played okay, Battlefront Okay, so I played 2, a little yeah. bit of it. It was yeah. okay. It was an interesting way to go about the story. Yeah. It's kind of a bad guy perspective. Did you ever watch, or did you ever play uh, Republic Commando? I or uh, I not, did. yeah, I think it was Republic Commando. That no, was I another one that came out too, so. That was, what is that, PlayStation? Uh, I think it was it's Xbox. Everything? I think it was Xbox and PlayStation, but if you've got Steam, you can, you can get all those old games on Steam. Okay, maybe so I need to go back to yeah, that. Yeah, so I, I actually got Steam, and I got Star Wars Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2, and I played Battlefront 1 just all the time. Battlefront 1, ironically. It was stop. better than Battlefront 2, right? Yeah, the gameplay was, was better. It was, and it was just more fun. So I'm I'm really simple when it comes to video games because I know there's all these other video games, all these amazing graphics, but I just like instant action where I can just kill Me mindless too. bots yeah, for I hours. Agree. And there's no Battlefront One. Actually, the rub was that there was no story to go off of. Yeah, Battlefront Two had a story, but people kind of rejected it, or some of them. Did. I thought the story was just fine, but it's been so long since yeah. I played the actually story mode. Like I just been doing instant action on Battlefront One. Uh, I know a long time ago I had heard on the internet that they're kind of throwing out this idea of doing a type of bands of band of brothers type of storyline meets your stormtroopers or your Wars rebels universe. or yeah exactly so just kind of doing it from the perspective of your ground soldiers so which i think would be interesting more as a tv show um other things that i would like probably see done is maybe just like a different jedi maybe kind of go just ahsoka you know as far as what she's yeah, been up to i'm too, super fascinated that. by so, that character and it's a yeah. bummer we don't get to see and her in the movies it's, it's definitely odd because she could have been in this trilogy yes. and she was not and uh I, I finished rebels i tried going into the clone wars i couldn't get i pass a couple episodes beginning of the clone, of the clone wars. wars is rough yeah it's a little it's rough it's very cartoony yeah, it's, and then you have to kind of move along for yeah it to grow up but. so but definitely like with just finishing up rebels because ahsoka does make a make a comeback it, it is really cool to see her and you do kind of spoiler warning for rebels you know she's alive when it comes to return of the jedi yeah. You know that she's actually she's still around. alive. That she's around doing where, whatever. Where is she? You know, yeah. like we like to know that. So yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing some of the smaller characters, or maybe like an you know an occasional appearance with Darth Vader to see just how well he actually works against like I guess the rebels and just we how formidable. We he don't is. know who's directing this. We no idea. So again, so we don't they're know, announcing we don't stuff anything. and they don't have anything. Put yeah. Together so we yet. don't. We don't have any. They're probably doing it as far as like let's just kind of throw this out there. And yeah. Let's this see is how what the they do. Feels. This is a continuation of the same messiness that Kathleen Kennedy. Disney yeah. they're making the same mistakes over and over again find somebody that has a script has a vision a director that you trust 
and yep. then say, okay, I'm going to read it. I'm going to process it. This is what we want to do. I'll give you the keys. So I don't, Even I don't, if it leaks on YouTube, for yeah. Christ's sake, you know? So. And, and same thing. I think those leaks, if you do a control leak, it just kind of get a feeler out. Because that's how we got Deadpool. You know what I mean? With yeah. that first kind of It was of a little uh, fan yeah. uh, little movie, mini yeah. movie or whatever it was. It was studio made. And was it studio made? And I think okay. it ended up being Ryan Reynolds who intentionally leaked it to try to get the ball rolling on. You know, gotcha. He's always wanted to do his I Deadpool watched that movie. and it was a pretty cool video. It was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And they did it in the, in the Deadpool too as well. They, they did the car scene. It was a car scene. Scene, right? the car yeah. scene yeah so whether when they're playing uh who is it uh salt and pepper salt and pepper yeah salt and pepper is it pepper or pep salt pepper. And pe- pepper. Pepper. pepper there you go so <laughs> yeah but i'm the old guy here yeah <laughs> so i had also heard too that uh basically what a man what a man what a... i had to, i'm sorry <laughs> i just know ooh baby baby oh, yeah. <laughs> push it real good Push so <laughs> so i just know um or i had heard that basically even john favreau and dave filoni when they're working on you know the season now, two those of the two mandalorian guys I trust. We, yeah. we like the mandalorian they, for the most part so you I like it more than me but yeah we like it for it, the most part it's definitely a step in the right direction. I think that's sure. why fans are a little bit more positive towards it. And also, I had heard that Dave Filoni and basically, uh, what's his name, John Favreau, that apparently the rumor is that they kicked Kathleen Kennedy off the set and she's not Good. allowed anywhere near season two of Mandalorian. Good. So, but the fans seem to just kind of really not like her at all. So. And I think they probably want to put her head on a spike for the last couple Star Wars movies. So. I, we're going to talk about it a little bit later when we talk Batman 1989. But that crazy guy, I know you saw this documentary, the Superman Lives one. Yeah. That crazy producer, John Peters, is the producer of Batman 1989. Okay. And he owned the rights to Superman. Yeah. And he was sort of involved in the 2006 Superman Returns movie. That was very mediocre. Uh-huh. Had parts, but mediocre. Yeah. And then he was somewhat had to be because Brian he owns Singer the rights. And he, he Kevin was part Spacey. Of, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back, uh, the dynamic duo. I know. Right, the two creepiest guys. No, no, not the creepiest. Second and third creepiest guys in Hollywood. <laughs> Same problems too. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. That's right. <laughs> but but and then yeah, Kevin Spacey on the island of the rock, the kryptonite rock in the middle of the ocean. It was just a weird script. Yeah, but there are things in that movie I liked anyway. But what's his face? Peters has to be on the Man of Steel set because he still owns the rights of Superman. And Schneider and the other executive producers were like, "You're gone. You're you can't be here. We uh-huh. don't want to talk about your mechanical robots and all this other nonsense." It's weird that Hollywood is. It's still a business. And yeah. whoever owns the rights, in this case, Kathleen Kennedy, whether you understand she the heart the and soul, I believe so. I believe really? So. Well, Disney owns the rights, but yeah. whatever part of that. I thought she was just she, kind of like your Kevin Foggy equivalent. Otherwise, she'd probably be fired already. Really? I so just like John that. Peters has a piece of Superman. So they're kind of involved, whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah. And that's a bummer because we don't know if she gets the heart and soul of what Star Wars is. Just like John Peters clearly doesn't get the heart and soul of what Superman is. So why are these guys involved in these things, you know? Yeah, I mean, definitely that would kind of make sense as far as why she can't even... I don't uh, think she concepts Yeah. I think she's... I I, I never... Everybody wants to make money, so we're not begrudging that. But I just don't think she gets, like, what fans want, what Uh the story's really about, you know? So they're so quick to kick out George Lucas. And and again, the wills and some of that weird stuff. I don't think we would have loved that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that's, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been super involved, but you have to let him be around. You have to have him give input. Maybe Lawrence Kasdan has Mm -hmm. to be around. And for God's sakes, have a script before you start filming. And I think that was even the intention, too, when he sold over those, uh, you know, sold over the rights over to Disney, that he wanted to kind of have a stab at the seventh movie. So start the franchise up again at the seventh movie. So I think it definitely would have been a good idea to, to have him just on board. 
uh, to kind of help, you know, kind of see what he, what he want, what direction he wants to go in as far and, as and, with these and characters. And we talked about and, it before. You remember Terminator Dark Fate, right? Oh, yeah. Once, How could I forget? Once, uh, what's Dark his face Fate. from Avatar? What's that guy we love to make fun of? Oh. Um, from Titanic, James yeah. Cameron, right? Once yeah. you put your name on it, you're part of the problem now, right? Uh-huh. So if Lucas is going to be there, Lucas doesn't get to go on screen rant and stuff and bitch about what they did because he's part of it. Right. And everybody having a piece of ownership creates debate. And through that debate, maybe you'll get an actual cogent story of some sort yeah definitely a lot of mistakes made just on that whole franchise in general yeah. uh moving on other big news we got was we had the bat suit so we got to see the bat yes. suit in general what was what did you think of it so my i think it's fine you know james said last week uh shouts uh that it was kind of daredevilly the red yeah, color it was. Now, i like the red color yeah. like the red tint in the background was a cool look well did for you it. see the other leak the or not even so much i a leak. saw the it other was, uh, on him on the motorcycle oh no i didn't see yeah that there's one. a second one here try to look it up okay, real quick I'll, but i'll check that so, one out okay. um they showed it as far as him in the uh they showed him outside and they showed catwoman too as well but you don't see her suit all you do is you see her just basically in, in a motorcycle outfit that's really about it but you see them both on motorcycles um and basically with his bat suit the ears aren't as long they're kind of a little bit of a medium ears they're definitely not as long as the 89 batman um but i think it's kind of i hope they kind of darken that scene up whatever's kind of taking place in that scene because well, all those leak yeah. pictures that i've seen they're not dark yet oh i see it now. yeah it's okay. right it's right in daylight and i think hopefully they don't go that direction of trying to show him in daylight i think it just looks better when you show him at nighttime in general it looks Be- bad there <laughs> so it looks very little bulky. much it looks little very bulky, much like right? daredevil yeah like it very, looks very even more daredevil, much like yeah. daredevil it looks a little too much like daredevil i like the and, tactical things on its wrist that's kind of yeah, cool the knives the or the batarangs cool. whatever yeah. those are so that's fascinating yeah so there are certain aspects of it i do like i did like the red tint when they showed that on there and i think yeah, also and it gave too, you a sense of the tone and the vibe yeah. which i liked and i think also too they they sent that out there they purposely leaked that or you know gave that teaser trailer of him in that red tint in the actual bat suit because you know they're starting to film outdoors and it's just a guarantee that somebody's going to take pictures of oh, this yeah. with Someone's their phone leak it. and they're going to put it on the internet so and that's smart so right now it doesn't look as good it's very daredevilly but they can definitely clean up a little bit of that or yeah, all you of can't, it you, you know, never judge post, a movie so. before post-production you yeah. know so it's like watching all the schneider leaks and it's like you know storyboards and stuff like all right until you show me the glossy finish, right. I'm not going to judge your thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. So right now, it just it looks so much like Daredevil's suit. It doesn't look... He did bulk up for the role. Yeah, he the did The suit's a little bulky, it. but he definitely looks a little They're bigger. They're definitely going more tactical modern, modern as far as with the suit. So similar, of course, to the, was it the, Dark, or the Arkham games, it's too, as the well. Arkham, yeah. I get the um, Arkham Asylum now, and the Arkham games. When it comes to the other suits, That's too... That's supposed like, to be Catwoman on the other motorcycle? Yeah, on the other motorcycle. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. So you don't so. get a lot of... That's not a no, great you don't. It was there. really annoying because you, you see the headline <laughs> where it's just like, "Oh, check out Zoe Kravitz in her new cat suit or in her new Catwoman outfit," and you check, and it's just her in the bike outfit. I don't and it's understand. Like, Come on there now. are so many other characters. Why do we keep rehashing the same ones we've already seen? Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit with this movie, I mean, but I think know. it's. I think when it comes to the it's a general third Catwoman, yeah, and also too, they're going back to just year one, year two, and although I think those stories are interesting, it's just we've seen that before. You know, we've seen we Batman eighty nine. Darren Aronofsky was going to make yeah. year one. That would have been a crazy movie. Yeah, that would. Have been. I, 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 and I sort of like what Batman Begins ended up being, which is, I guess pieces of year one there. yeah pieces of year so, one for sure uh, th- this movie tim burton and, and the screenwriter uh, sam ham or whatever 
were very adamant that if you show Batman's first year, you're messing with the arc, you're messing with fans, you're messing with so much stuff, just mm-hmm. stay out of it, show a couple flashbacks, and let's just b- dive right in. Yeah. I wasn't sure I believed that to be a positive, but BBS, it kind of does go back again. You know, again, yeah. we talk about and how much we got to see the parents I think die, as far as BBS. But just bounce right in. Mm-hmm. We know the character. Yeah, now. exactly. So. And I think that was kind of one of the mistakes with BBS. They had the right idea of showing a yeah. fully established Batman. a little Batman. too much time Yeah. The thing 40 is, 40 minutes. <laughs> like, they had it where it's like, okay, Batman's been established. He's been doing yep. this for years. He's got a great bat cave, cool yeah, house, exactly. cool and butler. I would say with his bat suit, that's definitely been my favorite one out of all of them because it had it has had that good blend as far as, you know, just looking good and being stylish. I like that also, it was, like, messed up. It had, yeah. like, the scratches on it and stuff. So that I appreciated. I even like the suit in Justice League, actually. I, I like so many of the suits, it'd be hard for me to rank them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least the Batfleck one balanced technical with cool. Yeah, Which is kind of neat. And so... I think one of the mistakes as far as B- one of the many mistakes I think yeah. as far as BBS like yeah it's good that they show that, that already we'll fight about that one day <laughs> you gotta watch the three hour <laughs> Not cut today. the ultimate cut ultimate Listen, cut or no way to go there's so. a huge Lois Lane subplot with the bullet you have to understand <laughs> yeah, that you have to understand the bullet subplot <laughs> so um, where was I with this oh uh, established Batman so yeah. it's nice that we get established Batman but you know it's kind of like okay where's the Bat family you know what I yeah. mean and then you've got the whole thing where he's just intentionally killing everybody and so yeah. it is kind of one of those things where they explore he was the branding. wrong ideas. The branding was pretty shocking, yeah. right? <laughs> if he was like, I'll brand people, but I won't kill them, I'll give you that. Yeah. Like, I'll give you that. Like, I'll brand you, or I'll disfigure you, but I won't kill you. He was perfectly so, fine killing people. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. <laughs> a little too fine, if you ask me. Yeah, so, maybe yeah. a little, yeah. <laughs> Just killing so many henchmen. He's basically the villain in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he kills so, but that warehouse scene is really amazing. Like, It's it, the it, best fighting scenes in a Batman movie. You know, yeah. Even in the Nolan movies, I'm sure you're going to complain to me about how the stiffness of this Batman and his yeah. fighting scenes. The Nolan movies are stiffness too. There is the, when they, especially when they go to the lights and the Dark Knight rises and they got to fight in the in the bright light. Such a bad idea. It's, it's a bad idea. I don't, don't know why they did it there. Daytime. And it's I don't weird. hate that fight, yeah. but like you can see the stiffness there. Yeah, you um, can. But the Ben Affleck to the credits, Schneider figured out how to make it sort of glossy, quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he cut it, you could see what he was doing, but also it, it looked fluid. You no, know, the it really did. Fluid. And you're right as far as like that Christian Bale one too, where there is still a little bit of stiffness. Stiffness. It's, it's not certainly better than this one yeah it is but, it is better than 89 yeah. but but also too you know you, you give 89 credit for what it did and you kind of grade it on a curve too as well because of just this is the very kind of first one right except for of course your supermans with uh, absolutely what, what's this his name? almost um, was made in 1979 really so 10 years earlier imagine the technology yeah this one and i'm going to tell you what the budget is going to shock you uh when we do the numbers but like it's fascinating how they were able to sort of do anything right <laughs> with that budget and 1989 technology like it actually it's pretty dang good you know? yeah so so but definitely as far as like the most technical or the most uh, i guess you could say military type suit yeah, has got to be christian tactical. yeah it's tactical, tactical there. that's the right word so. and again i want to ask you and, and of course we'll spend some time on it as we roll ahead uh we're still in news but this idea that like what do you want do you want the comics do you want fantasy or do you want it to be like real and grounded and tactical i guess i want it's kind a of delicate yeah balance, right? you definitely want to try to go for best of both worlds yeah and i think there is just some things where like it's just it all depends who's writing it and all depends who's directing it because you know in the hands of a lesser director they're just like that's not going to work those or they'll find a creative way crappy. to work so like Joel Schumacher um, who doesn't get any of that other kind of Batman <laughs> news too as well Ben Affleck kind of opened up as far as like why he this. left the Batman too hashtag well, Schneider so. Cut again uh, yeah, so we almost went two weeks without talking about yeah, it yeah <laughs> almost yeah so it's been it's been every single week every time I'm getting well, movie at least he's news got a hot together take on every it. weekend yeah so yeah. 
Um, I want to see his movie coming out. He's got that movie where he plays an alcoholic. Yeah. I think that could be interesting. It's a yeah. sports movie, which I always like if they're good. So. And he was an alcoholic. He was. So he, yeah, or he is. Was, you're always an is, alcoholic. Yeah, hopefully so. he hasn't relapsed yet. But um, they do kind of go out a little bit as far as like, you know, he's starting to drink a little bit more. And it's interesting, too, because from when I was looking it up, too, um, he's taught... It's it talks about as far as BVS right and how BVS like all the executives gave it a standing ovation when they first watched it. Everybody gave. And I it. could see why. Yeah. So there's a lot of good that I like BVS more than most people, but there's yeah. a lot of good in there. It tries to be the godfather of superhero movies in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I think they were a little they were patting them on themselves on the back a little too much. Yeah, they you were know, getting a little bit too so, narcissistic there. And I think that was kind of one of the main issues is they're just kind of you know they're shooting butterflies up BVS's ass basically. Yep. You know, tell them how great it is, all this stuff. And I don't know if you remember, but at that time, basically, you know, when BVS was tracking to do really well, the you know the score were coming up and really high around tomatoes. Money. It still it made, made money. $700 million. But their plans were to, of course, turn Justice League into a three-parter. So they wanted yep. to do a three-parter Which, again, Justice is League. nice. We talk, well, this is a James Cameron and Avatar. Yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, no, exactly. At least not too far. You know? <laughs> slow down just yeah, a little settle bit. Down have, now. have a game plan for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, slow down just a little bit. And so, and of course, there was, you know, Batman's, or sorry, Ben Affleck's Batman's movie where he was going to direct and write and star in it. And I don't know if you remember, but we did get a little bit of teaser of, uh, I can't ever say his we, name. We, we, Joe DiGiorno Pizza. Joe DiGiorno, yeah. yeah. What's his name from uh, Joe... From True Blood and... Pa- Manoliano yeah, or something like so, that. He's married to Sophia Vergara, yeah, right? Sophia. The so. lovely from Modern Family. And I thought his... Um, he looked good. That's, yeah, uh, Slade, yeah. Deathstroke? Deathstroke, Deathstroke yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty dang he, good. He looks a really good, bit, yeah. The, little or- the orange is always weird. You could have changed that a little bit or softened it or darkened a little bit. But for a first look... But for a first look, yeah, shit, and I thought it looked pretty good. And he takes off the helmet, too, yep. as well. No, it looks really good. So that was going to be the plans as far as... And that's a character we haven't really seen. Yeah, that's exactly. one that's underused. Yeah, and so that was going to be kind of centered around as far as this Batman movie with Ben Affleck, where uh, Deathstroke was kind of going to be the main villain. And there was also talks, though, that they were going to do more focus on Under the Red Hood, which definitely would have been really interesting to kind of Which I get think would have been interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I think what they should have done is they should have slowed down on maybe Justice League. You know, of course, there was those talks for, okay, we'll do a cyborg movie. We'll do all these different movies. And it's just... 80% of it, maybe even 90% of it, all just got canceled. You know, like Justice League turned into one movie, and then, of course, you had Zack Snyder that left, and then Josh Whedon picked it up, and then it just all fell apart. And we've spent a lot of time on this, so I'm not going to waste it too much. But again, what we think about when we're getting ahead like that and what Warner Brothers and um, I think it's uh, is it New Line and Legendary, yeah. we're all sort of involved in these movies. You could make a cyborg movie probably for $50 million, $60 million. Mm-hmm. Like Birds of Prey is probably going to break even, even though it's somewhat of a, of a, f- a financial failure. Yeah. $84 million budget. It's going to cross 160 worldwide. It's probably going to make some money on Blu-ray and streaming. So it's probably going to make a small profit for the movies, uh, for, for Warner Brothers and Legendary and stuff. But these movies are all scheduled. Like Justice League 1, 2, and 3 were all going to be $250 million movies. Mm-hmm. You're setting yourself up for this massive failure. Yeah. And I know you need the big budget to give the product you want. But if you scaled your story back, if you don't bring like, you know, what's his face as apocalypse to earth and change the fucking, you know, the, the yeah. world engines from Man of Steel and uh-huh. like John Peter's giant spiders everywhere, mechanical spiders and shit. Like you got to settle down. If, if um, this new Batman with Robert Pattinson is a new noir movie about criminal detention detective work you don't yeah. have to spend that much yeah you and then don't. It doesn't have to make that much the pressure's off and you can get ahead of yourself a little yeah. bit you know and you can realistically kind of get just whoever you big. want they to yeah help they do that and yeah. I, and same thing with bvs too that is so it many storylines yeah. that's so many storylines from so many but different issues you so. agree wonder woman so hard to put on film i almost yeah if you told me 
three days before I saw the movie, is it going to work? I'd say, everything's going to work but Wonder Woman. There's no way that works in a movie. <laughs> and she was the best fucking part. Yeah, no, she it was. was. incredible. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. So there are good things that came out of that. Jeremy Irons' Alfred pretty much worked. Yeah. Uh, very, a lot of, even after the movie tanked, uh, well, it didn't tank, but after the movie got a lot of critical um, criticism yeah. and, and didn't score very well, Ben Affleck's Batman and, and Gail Gadot's Wonder Woman was getting a lot of praise. Mm-hmm. So there's good things in there. It's just it was so layered and long. Yeah. And, you know, we could have, again, they needed an editor, just like Quentin Tarantino movies sometimes. Yeah, they need somebody to, they need another creative team on there just to kind of say, why cram it together? Yeah, yeah. why cram it all? Why stick Doomsday in there? Is that necessary? You know, I know what they wanted to do to kill Superman, which, again, I give him a lot of credit for taking that choice. But then they bring him back just one movie later, too, you know, and you know he's not dead. It's about hedging bets. Again, Hollywood's like, well, this is what we got criticized for BVS. So now with Justice League, we need you to to soften it up. We got to sell more toys. So I'm glad as far as with this new Batman movie they are kind of bringing it back a little bit back to roots kind of do something a little bit more isolated work with Batman on that ground level with these other villains although I still I, think I st- it's a lot of villains you know I but. still I agree with James who said it last week um, and we talked about it with Star Wars a second ago it's too soon for another Batman movie. Yeah. So it's an uphill battle for me. I'm going to go in as open-minded as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Pattinson looks pretty good. I, there, there's a lot of villains. It's overstuffed, as you said. Yeah. I got my doubts. Well, with the storyline, too, like, although there's a lot of Cat villains. Catwoman again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I think, and, and I really needed that comic book because I, it's from the long Halloween. The and it revolves handsome around... Colin Farrell as the <laughs> Penguin. We sure about that? Well, we don't, yeah. They'll, they might, they'll ugly him up a little bit. All right. They're going to cut off his legs. They'll make him short. <laughs> he looked good in a tracksuit in The Gentleman, yeah. you know? I he did know. look good in a tracksuit. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually there. did. He really did. So, but we're definitely just going to have to see what happens. I mean, I am going to watch it, but I'm glad to return back to form. So this I know... is a 2021 film. Of the 21, 21 films that you've heard of, is this your most anticipated? What other twenty? It's not beginning of summer. Out, so. I think I have it scheduled for June, for so June? it's not going to okay. be like opening the summer in May or something. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit later in the summer. I don't know what that means for Hollywood, but usually, like, B- I think BBS was early, early summer. Yeah, I thought it was like May a- or and something. And Avenger movies yeah. are usually early, early mm-hmm. summer. So I'm wondering what that means. So, so I'm excited to see it, and we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, other movie news we got. So we got the Westworld season three trailer I love that, that dropped trailer. too. Oh, looks so good. glossy, looks so sharp. Aaron Paul. Oh, uh, and, and it's weird. It's almost misdirection because the trailers we had seen before uh, did not show Evan Rachel Wood's character as sort of like the main protagonist or the yeah. good guy in, in a sense fighting for the robots and now in this one oh she is going to be she's basically Neo from the Matrix or something right. and I think that's a that's a twist I wasn't sort of expecting uh-huh. and the world is clearly getting bigger you have the RoboCop type monsters yes. Ed Harris in the in the white suit looking old and frail it's it's a fascinating trailer so I definitely need to rewatch season one and season two of course I've seen so, season one twice season yeah, two only the one time same, same here I've yeah. seen season one twice and season two just what's only your once. take is season two better or worse I think season one's a little bit better um because season, of the time that they the messing um, with the time, I what did, is it that it's tells been you? A, it's been a while since I've seen season two, They're but both I think good. I think the thing that did it for me was season one's ending was definitely just it, it was a little bit better ending. I would say although season two did have that good ending, it it's just leaves ending. you off on such a cliffhanger with that season one, and it does it so well, especially as far as like with Bernard, be, you know, actually being a robot too as well. I saw that coming. A lot of those, I guessed. Yeah, yeah a, so a lot of I things didn't... with Westworld, I guess. Westworld is my favorite Reddit show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to Reddit for Star Wars because I don't want to be spoiled, and they're just saying too much on there. But I'll go to Reddit for Westworld. Yeah, I'll have it I, I'll get yeah, some fun theories mind, in so. there, and they're wrong all the time on on there. So. <laughs> 
was fine. <laughs> yeah, so I think as far I would still have to give it to season one. Season two, I remember liking. It's just it's been a while. I gotta rewatch them, especially before season three kind of comes out and premieres. Andy too, Newton well. gets a nice arc in season two. I like her all the way through. I love her character. Uh-huh. She's a great actress, and I'm glad she gets a lot of stuff to do. She's Maeve, and I think that. Um, I think that I guess it's Jonathan Nolan that sort of drives the creative on that yep. show, and he it's not you even got always, a Hemsworth on there too. Yeah, you got a Hemsworth yeah, yeah. on there, and he's a pretty he's like the less successful, the least successful Hemsworth. But I like Lee, him. I don't like Liam. Liam's Liam's the Nobody worst like, Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I take or the my, doctor. I, I guess I take Miley Cyrus' side on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't like him. <laughs> but but I think like they don't always get the story right, but they put it together in such a cool fashion. There's so mm-hmm. much cool stuff there, and there's so much in the background that is never really fully explored. That, but like it catches your eye. Yeah. Even when you're not interested in the main story or what they're going for, the stuff in the background is crazy fascinating. Mm-hmm. My favorite episode is the one that focuses on the Native American. Yeah. That is just a fascinating hour of television. And especially when they play heart shaped box oh and instrumental. God. Yeah, it's fascinating. So it's, it's so good. But I'm definitely excited for season is it, three. Is it, it HBO's so flagship show? Now, um, now, that Game, of Thrones now is that Game of Thrones is over, it probably that's is, a right? good. One. It's it's definitely going to cause it's definitely going to get a lot of stream with it because they must have spent. If you just buy the trailer, yeah. we're talking a lot of money. Yeah, on that they show. must have kind of spent a lot. So I think they are kind of investing a little bit more into it, which makes sense because you kind of need another Game of Thrones kind of going out there. Um, I am still liking The Outsider, of course. I like uh, it. I definitely like want to binge it more and more. Yeah, like, we have you know, the same kinda, problem. Yeah. The week in between takes me takes me out of it. Yeah, it Where does. like I could definitely see myself clicking the button and going to the next yeah. episode. You definitely Especially now that it's getting on. into the supernatural. I'm yeah, just accepting it. It's just going more yeah. into it for sure. So. I, I, have, I have a fear that they're not going to stick the landing on it. <laughs> I'm scared. Me too. And I'm nervous about it too. There's only well. so many times um, Ben Mendelssohn can be like, "All right, enough of this." And yeah, then, right. Like, we take the pictures down. You know, like <laughs> going to do dumb cop shit. <laughs> at some like, point, yeah. you have to accept it. Otherwise, what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I know my girlfriend was telling me that as far as like with the book, like it didn't stick the ending as well. Like well, as far as for we, her, we, but it's some people disagree. Yeah. But we talk about Stephen King. Uh, my thoughts on Stephen King is third act is always a problem for yeah. him. Almost always, <laughs> giant spiders, just like him and John Peters. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Writing's hard. It is hard. It is yeah. hard. No, yeah, so, I've tried. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm clearly yeah. not. But <laughs> it's closing out a story and making it satisfying. Yeah. But sometimes you just, you know, you have obvious questions where it's just like, are you sure? Like, you know, or it's just like, <laughs> we'll, why? we'll argue this. But you know who, who's a good writer of endings is Jason Reitman because okay. he chooses that momentous scene. Yeah, and he, he works, works backwards. backwards. Yeah, exactly. Which is a great so, way to do it. Right? Yeah, it is a really good way to do it too. So, but I definitely like as far as when it comes to Stephen King and his writing, and even just Stephen King stories too. He gets, you can tell they get so excited just exploring this whole new kind of aspect of the supernatural in Maine of course listen this is a at its heart it is a pure cop drama a gritty cop drama but it's set in a Stephen King universe where supernatural is like it's a thing yeah so I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it to be honest with you and and it it has the same feel as some of the other neo-noir gritty cop dramas that HBO has done but you have a supernatural element and okay, that's an interesting idea, but can they pull it off with the last few episodes? Yeah, I and I think know. the thing with The Outsider as well is it's definitely, you get hooked into it. You know, you want to see how it ends. It's well and you're made. curious. You're just like, how is this going to yeah. end? You know, how are they going to wrap up this whole supernatural I have no thing? Idea. So, because I it is don't. kind of blending both of those worlds in there. Although I wouldn't mind seeing more Stephen King properties made into HBO shows, just one season long. That's it. Give it just one. You season know how I feel how about works. this. 
HBO is prestige television. Yeah. It is the king of the hill. I hope they don't get sold. It's a luxury, to, yeah. Yeah, I don't want them sold to Disney or Spotify or something no. weird. Let them be HBO and let them do what they let do. Let them do their standalone so, things, yep. and you need more of that. Um, other movie news I got. So it looks like we are most likely going to be getting a new Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. Um, different director than Matt Reeves. It's not going to be a reboot. So it's did Matt be... Reeves do one, two, and three of that? You know, trilogy? I always get Matt Reeves and Matthew Vaughn mixed up together. It's either one of those. So. Okay. <laughs> I can't I remember. Always, I always get them. I want to say it was first Matt one Reeves, was okay. Though. Second one was fine. Third one I did not like. Third one was a little slow for me. Second one I didn't mind. But Gary Oldman was the third one. Is that uh, Gary Oldman was the second one. Second one. Uh, third one was uh, Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. Woody Harrelson yeah. was the third one. So okay. I wouldn't mind seeing what else this you know this this is going to do if they're going to introduce time travel. Just because I'd like to see how they do kind of the time travel, how they look at it as far as like with that first plan, the eight movies with Charleston Heston too as well. You know. I'm I actually curious like the, to see the original how they can do. one. I like some of the sequels. Aren't I've so seen good. all of them, so seen <laughs> I've seen all one? the original. Yeah, so, I can't remember. Uh, I saw, of course, the first one. Um, I saw the weird second one where Charleston Heston's not even in it, but it's some other guy who's also an astronaut, you know. And, <laughs> and then you've got the mole people that live the underground. Yeah, I remember and, that and one. Nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> I remember the third one when they end up being going traveling back in time, and Caesar is actually, you know, is kind of a paradox baby, similar to John Connor. Yeah, Matt Reeves. <laughs> Matt Reeves did them all. Yeah, he did them all. Yeah, okay. he did. That's crazy. So it, there's a lot of similarities between Caesar and John Connor. And that so, is true. Yeah, <laughs> he's a time paradox baby, kind of. So. <laughs> No, Caesar doesn't age very much for the three movies either. He kind of looks the same. Yeah. From first to third a little bit, but second to third, not really. I just so. ate together strong. That's <laughs> that's all you need to know. So um, we also got a look at uh, Venom 2's Cletus Cassidy. I saw that picture, yeah. yeah. So Shorter you got hair. Woody Harrelson. That's yeah, no take. no wig at all. That no wig, wig was, yeah. I don't wig know if you ever saw it. Pushing it. Yeah, yeah, it pushing yeah it a little much, a little much. Like, I, I never saw Venom, but I saw that, that clip. Yeah, again, you see so. that clip right there. And I remember just watching, I'm like, ooh. Is he, is he, is that casting correct there? Woody Harrelson? Yeah, he's a little bit um, older. I'm not sure. I that think Woody works Harrelson perfectly. definitely has the range to do it. He's menacing. Yeah, he so definitely is. So I'm curious as far as like his take with it. I think he can do it. Um, I think just play with what you got with your actors too. Like, of course, if the red wig looks ridiculous on him, just ditch the red wig. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get a haircut, man. Like, yeah, it's like it's it's iconic for sure as far as like with that red hair. But you don't have to have it. It's not a necessity. Yeah. And you know, you've got a balding actor. You know, or he's been bald for he's been yeah, bald he's for been bald. Time, yeah. yeah, not bald since Kingpin, I think it was. Or uh, <laughs> that's a that was the bowling movie that with Bill Murray. Great. Yeah classic movie <laughs> he loses his hand. <laughs> ivan reitman was once rumored to do the batman movie before tim burton you know who he wanted as batman who bill murray really <laughs> wow eddie murphy as robin what an insane movie that, that would have been. been i don't even know how to think about that one that would have been crazy um other movie news we got so it looks like jurassic world 3 is going to be coming out yeah uh, it looks like they're trying to wrap it up with just Thank jurassic world that. 3 because <laughs> i still haven't seen the second one but all i've heard is just nothing but bad things and just boring again it looks great lines. that makes sense that makes a, they sense. can do a lot of good things with making it look cool and they bring the dinosaurs to the mainland again in that one but the movie has no story. Yeah. You don't care about the characters. It, again, they're putting laser Style helmets. Style yeah. yeah. Selling toys. They're trying to sell toys. And it's mm-hmm. just, I don't, I don't get it. Well, I'm glad they're wrapping it up. So I don't think they're going to save it. It'll never be wrapped up one. entirely. They'll reboot it in yeah, two years like it. Batman. So. Yeah. 
maybe even in the same year, they were just still working it out. Chris so. Pratt is a, I think he's a fine actor and he deserves better than that franchise. Yeah, he does. And also too, it's just when that first Jurassic World or Jurassic Park movie came out, that was just, you know, it was such a milestone and just film in general, it's, you know, just was, showing that. And again, Steven Spielberg is the king of the blockbusters. Yeah. It's almost undisputable. And the stuff they did with the technology, I think it was 92 or something. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. And I, I I don't hate the second one. Yeah, the third one is when you start. Third to lose one is it. when you lose yeah. a lot. And even of that it, one, so. like there, Sam Neill comes back, and there's things, that, elements I like in that. So the second Jurassic World, Goldblum comes back. Yeah, and it's only for, like for a two couple minutes, minutes or five yeah, and he minutes, right? Do yeah. anything, and it's just doesn't work right. It should have worked better. Gets they butts in the seats. That's yeah. it. So yeah, I'm glad this franchise is definitely ending because there's there's just other things you can invest in as far as besides just doing reboots too as well. And but when the, Spielberg but they were had both the financial reins, successes, right? Oh, like, they're yeah, they're, they make all the money. Oh, worldwide, even domestically they do pretty well across the world it's making tons and tons yeah. of money i mean they're just burning money for jurassic world but again i think what it is is spielberg when he has that the reins it's a character piece to a certain degree yes it's about the dinosaurs but it's people reacting to the dinosaurs mm-hmm. the problem in jurassic world movies it's like a theme park so people have lost their like oh their amazement of dinosaurs yeah. and and that's such a huge part of the story that i I don't totally get it. Now you're just menacing dinosaurs eating kids in their room. Or yeah, something. and it, it really is sense. just kind of like, you know, you kind of get that burnout probably even. The yeah. second one, I think, is still just really fun in general because it's you a don't fun get movie. Gloom. And, and the cinematography. Remember the glass breaking yeah. and the minivan thing or the oh, mobile yeah, there's home ton, thing? There's so there's much in cool there. Stuff. There's tons like, of great he, things he, in there. Jeff Goldblum, ooh, ah, but yeah, running and yeah. scared <laughs> and death. <laughs> like, just wait for it. <laughs> yeah, so it just, it definitely felt like with Jurassic World, it just did not feel like a natural progression with this yeah. world from the first movie or even well there were two books was, yeah. technically the lost world is based on the michael Crichton book yeah, it's the second and one then after I that yeah the books are done so yeah. they have to start making stuff up like game of thrones and things go yeah, off the rails it's hard to, yeah once you're <laughs> off that source material so uh so my last little bit of movie news i got so uh what's his name james gunn has uh said that suicide squad 2 is actually going to have a bunch of deaths in it. it's going to have a high body count and you're going to lose some major characters too so I don't know why and, you have to say that out loud. Yeah. Number one. Uh, number two, I'm not sure how much I care. <laughs> yeah. There's not a ton of Suicide Squad members that people are really, really invested in. Are right. they going to kill uh, uh, Deadshot? Just well, he's not going to be in this. So they're going to show it in the background or something to get him yeah, off the chessboard. Yeah. Or what are we going to do there? <laughs> like, I don't totally know. And again, Birds of Prey comes out. And uh, there was some chit chat that because it was R rated, it cost some of the box office there. Mm-hmm. You saw it. Did you think that it could have been a PG-13 movie or it had um, to be an R? You know what? I think I'm, I like it a little bit better that's an R because you do get some violence, you do get some blood, you do go course the language too as well. It's one of and, those things Captain Marvel, remember, did so well. Yeah. Wonder Woman did very well. And when you have a female protagonist or a female lead, you know, there's a lot of teenagers that are going to want to see that Harley yeah. Quinn movie. And if they can't get in, you're taking money away. Yeah, I think, so I was think it, it worth it uh-huh. to, to hold whatever violence or whatever's in there? I think teenagers, if they really wanted to see it, they would find a way. Yeah, they would find a way to get in there. So, but... As far as like looking, because you don't have you have a list of actors who are going to be in that movie, but a lot like a lot of their characters and who they are going to play is still a mystery. Some of them so, I don't. Yeah, we don't know at all. Yeah, Idris so, Alba, uh, we don't know. Right? Yeah, so we don't know who Idris Alba is going to be. The rumor is that he might be King Shark. He better um, not be like totally CGI because I yeah. would freak out. I'm curious. Well, <laughs> I like James Gunn, so I think he has yeah. a very creative way of just handling like ridiculous properties and just ridiculous yeah. characters yeah, too. Um, Nathan Fillion is going to be Armoff Boy. I'm fine with it. So yeah. I don't know if you ever I, heard. I like 
like him, him at all. I, I think uh, I've seen him uh, an image of before. Yeah, so I was looking him up earlier. So his only power is that his limbs are detachable, and he just takes <laughs> off an arm, and he just beats you up with his arm. That's that the only thing. Crazy. <laughs> it it reminds me of Mystery Men, where Ben Stiller's uh, superpower was he gets really angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much that's it. it. That's it. So. <laughs> uh, so that's all I got for movie news. You got anything you want to throw in there, Nick? Not really. I just wanted to say uh, my anticipation for the Bond movie is building, and yeah. the Billie Eilish song. She's not some. I'm old, so she's not somebody I'm super into. Yeah. But it came out a couple days ago, and man, it's kind of cool. I haven't heard I, it yet. You listen so to I it after the pod. It, so, okay. It's a fascinating. It has a slow start, so you got to get like 40, 40 seconds in, uh-huh. and then it picks up, and it's got the symphony behind it with her weird sort of emo voice. Okay. It works. I liked it. Okay. So my No Time to Die uh, anticipation is growing. Okay. I'm going to have to watch the last two, or maybe just all of them in general. You, really, like, you don't I gotta, like Skyfall, right? That's the, I'm surprised you, know, you don't like that one, because Spectre is the crappy I'm, I'm, one. I'm open to watching it again and changing my it's just been so long since i've seen it you know you're what pro I mean? casino because, royale oh yeah you're I love pro casino quantum of solace um quantum of solace i, I think that's one of the like. smartest ones so i haven't and seen it's quantum very S- underrated though the last one i saw of course was casino royale which yeah. was a couple of years ago so i'm just like i'm just yeah. gonna rewatch it took this me a long time to I think, watch that one yeah it's just, i rejected daniel craig as bond when he first came out oh, really? i was a huge pierce brosnan guy oh okay <laughs> so i didn't see it in the movie theater which is very unusual for me and i waited a while then when i finally saw it i'm like oh this is this is actually pretty yeah it's pretty good so yeah that's michelson too a pretty good villain there Hannibal right yeah, yeah Hannibal, Hannibal yeah. yeah so but I definitely like Casino Royale the best I just need to rewatch all of them before yeah. you know this last one I urge out, you so. to see Skyfall again because okay. Deacons who did Shawshank just won the Oscar uh, for 1917 I'm telling you the cinematography in Skyfall so I think, even if you don't like the story and Javier Bardem yeah. really good performance there because I think when I saw Skyfall it must have been 18 or 19 when it came out maybe yeah. maybe even 20 yeah, I don't like to be so reminded to, how young you are yeah exactly so, so uh, yeah <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I was beating around the bush but you know of course you know rewatching it I think I may or may not like it. I just need to rewatch them all so but with no time to die i imagine we're probably going to see that one in theaters so yeah. we'll probably cover that one on the pod so i i will probably choose one of them maybe it's skyfall um but i probably won't choose casino royale per se but specter the one that leads directly into this one it's my least favorite of that group okay so it'd be hard to choose that one for the we just pod. gotta watch all of them do it all yeah. in one podcast maybe we'll, maybe yeah. we'll do a month of James the daniel bond. the daniel craig uh, <laughs> and it's good that he's gonna craig go bond. out this way i think this is five movies right is it five i think this is number five yeah yeah so that's a good that's a good arc right there do a quick you know quick number count so all right so we're gonna move on away from movie news and today we're gonna be talking about batman 89 even though we already talked a bunch about batman earlier movie news <laughs> but <laughs> it's a batman episode so how did this movie do as far as like financially like what was his budget so Give i talk numbers. about the 1989 movie year quite a bit uh ghostbusters 2 back to the future 2 glory field of dreams one of my favorite movies of all time uh it's one of my favorite movie years indiana jones and the last crusade Number one movie in 1989, Batman. Yeah. So, I mean, it obviously did pretty well. The fascinating thing about the numbers for Batman is when you think about BVS or Justice League, these 250 to $500 million budgets, the Batman started with a $35 million budget, and I think it ballooned to about 48. So even in 1989 money, even adjusted for inflation, it's probably less than $100 million in today's money mm-hmm. for a major superhero um, uh, identity there, a major superhero character. Yeah. Um, John Peters is involved. Again, we talked a little bit about him. He's a, he's a producer that destroys franchises, basically. <laughs> but for some reason, every all the stars aligned, and this one turned out to be pretty good. It opened early summer, $40 million opening. Domestically, it made $251. Uh, internationally 160 the international market mm. is not what it is today yeah. so 411 worldwide again on a 48 million dollar budget it's a huge success um, adjusted for inflation it's the 57th highest
highest grossed movie of all time. Okay. So even today, tickets sold, it's in the top 100 of all time. Uh, and the critics, for the most part, I mean, I read, I went back and read some old reviews, and then I read some of the newer reviews, and very consistent all the way through. Mm-hmm. 72% critic. Do you want to guess audience? Uh, I think I looked it up earlier. Oh, no, you I think it was credit. It Was it 75, or was I, it, it was I close, right? I thought it was going to be in the high 70s. It actually, audience is 84. Oh, really? So it okay. holds up pretty good, and again, when we talk about when the audience and critic, it's kind of close together than that 10, 12 point yeah. range. It's pretty consistent across the board. Mm-hmm. So those are the numbers for Batman 1989. Still impressive. When I go back and look at it, it's one of the first blockbusters I ever saw in the movie theater, and I remember, even as a kid, the buzz leading up to it. Oh, they're going to do Batman? Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was in every single theater, basically, and like you kind of had to see it. So. All right, so we're just going to take a quick second to hear from our sponsor. To hear from our sponsors. Yeah, so definitely, like, even just with kind of adding on to the numbers, too, like, Jack Nicholson, he became... It one is, of the highest he, grossing it's, actors it's top 10. with Actually, this, you right? Actually, who the highest grossing for one individual movie. Now, you can do semantics yeah. with, with trilogies or whatnot. But uh, the number one grossing actor for an individual movie, you want to guess? No. Who, I know you'll like it. Uh, who is it? Your buddy, Will Smith. Oh, my God. <laughs> Will Smith, $100 million for Men in Black 3, which did not make a ton of money. $100 he, million yeah, dollars ap- for Men in Black 3? After all the gross was in, because they yeah. take percentages, uh, he got $100 million for Men in Black 3. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Jack Nicholson was going to be paid $10 million. He had a lot of stipulation. That's why he got top billing over Michael Keaton, yeah. which I think is still genius to some, to some extent. We're going to talk about the Jokers here. Uh, in 1989, there were not too many Jokers. So yeah. this one worked out nice That was the first one yeah, since first uh, one the Cesar Romero, Cesar Romero yeah, yep, from the for TV the Adam show, West TV yeah. show in the 60s. But what I would argue is, um, it's, it's fascinating is that the $50 million Jack got, he was initially going to get $10 million. He reduced his fee to $6 million took a back-end cut of the of the profits mm-hmm. of the total box office, and he ends up walking away somewhere between 50 and 90. It's kind of mythologized in Hollywood legend. Okay. It's definitely at least 50, and it's somewhere more than that. I saw 60, and that seems like a credible number, but uh-huh. there's a lot of uh, writers and stuff that said it got up to about 90. He actually got a cut of the toys that were sold in the sequels. Oh, that's where it's all that, too. Even though he wasn't in the sequels. Yeah. It's fascinating. And it's, you know what? Money well spent by you, uh-huh. by uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, his performance, to me, is top of the line. Yeah. And One of my top five villains of all time. And especially like with this movie, you know, it definitely paves the way for just a lot of other movies to kind of fall into place, sure. too, as well. Well, and, again, 1989, you had the Richard Donner Superman movies. Yep. Not a lot else for superheroes and comics. Yeah, that was really about so. it. I mean, you, of course, had some TV stuff going on. Yeah, but, of course. And this is before where you had, like, the animated Batman and all those. You know, this Batman, like, where we were talking Batman about before. This Batman gave birth, essentially, to the animated yeah, series. Yeah, it definitely did. One of my favorite cartoon. You guys talk about cartoons all the time. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. X-Men cartoon, Batman the Animated Series, I grew up on that stuff. Yeah. That, that's the top of the heap. Still, I can go back and watch it. Doesn't feel dated. I still love it. Yeah. And I feel like it's relatively true to the comics that I read as a kid before the cartoons. Now, I had also heard, as far as, you know, with the IMBD trivia, that originally they were going to offer the Joker role, or it was even, it was given almost to Robin Williams. There's and... a lot of casting what ifs yeah. here. Let me give you the names of who could have okay. been Joker, because <laughs> it's a fascinating list. Robin Williams wanted it. The studio did not want him. Really? There was... Uh, we always talk about that rumored Batman Forever script before Joel Schumacher destroyed yeah, everything yeah. where Robin Williams is going to play the Riddler. Now, I think as the Riddler, he could have been cool. He probably would have been a fine Joker also. Tim Curry from It, the yeah. uh, TV movie. I mean, you know, that I, just makes sense, I too. love when yeah. Tim Curry's menacing. I love it. So that, I think I would have been happy with that one. John Lithgow, he has played a villain a couple times. Uh-huh. I love him, 30 Rock from the Sun, if you don't remember. Uh, Ray Liotta, I don't know if that one would have worked. Uh, James Woods. Too Italian. Yeah, 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 sure yeah. James yeah. Woods, yeah, I don't yeah, see that one working. And then so. my favorite one of all time, 
David Bowie yeah. potentially being the Joker in a Batman movie. We already talked about him in Tesla as the in the Prestige. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't on that episode, but man, that's my favorite part of that whole stupid movie. Uh, well, it's okay. <laughs> but I think Bowie as the Joker would have. I, I don't think America was ready for that. Yeah. They were probably barely ready for Batman in 1989 mm-hmm. to throw Bowie in as the Joker. Maybe not so much. Yeah. To, to take a seasoned Hollywood actor like uh, Jack Nicholson, he uses his Hollywood persona in this movie to his advantage. Mm-hmm. But in a weird way it fits with that batman villain character it does it's like a hybrid performance that just works it does it does fit in lines with the universe too as well and as far as the movie it's it's definitely that kickoff point you know and it's it's, there's a lot of experimenting in it too as far as like okay what works in movies what would works and doesn't what exactly translate well and what doesn't too so and, and there's a lot of mechanics in this movie that when you watch it in hindsight, you can say, well, maybe this didn't work quite right, or maybe they didn't pay attention or enough detail. 20 to Batmans story. later. Yeah. yeah, sure. But in the moment, it's a cr- incredible that they were able to pull it off. Uh-huh. It's really, you always say, the lightning in the bottle. You got John Peters, you got Tim Burton, Danny Elfman in the score, which I still mm-hmm. love, even though it's been reused too many times. Um, Michael Keaton with the controversy and the casting, getting Jack Nicholson to say yes and actually show up and sort of be loose in the movie. When he mm-hmm. walks out of Vicki Vale's apartment, he's like... <laughs> You know, yeah, he does yeah, he does a, he like does a he's fart having a good time. Away, yeah. yeah, and you got to have a good time with the Joker. I don't. One of the things that uh, we talked about on the Joker pod when we did the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Now people know already. I don't love that movie. Yeah. Believe me, I've been attacked on my blog many times. One of the things is it's a sullen Joker. I sort of like my Joker menacing, but also having some fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Nicholson's having fun here. Yeah. So it's just incredible that the lightning in a bottle was able to get it done and get it done for a forty-eight million dollar budget. And uh, fascinating. His jokes too. His jokes oh, are great. very much. Oh, they're incredible. They're very much like they're they're. I don't want to say they're cringy, but they're only funny to him. Like, you know, does that make sense? Like, it's just he's it's having just a Joker. good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm of a mind that makes a mookie. Like, and even you know the what? stuff that makes no sense when he delivers it, you're like, holy shit, that's pretty fucking good. And you know, it's pretty funny too because even you know, Jack Bob Nicholson's Joker. Gun. <laughs> even when Jack- he stole my balloons, why didn't somebody tell me I had one of those? Those things. <laughs> You're my new number one. <laughs> so he does an impression of Jack Palance. Yeah. He's doing Jack Palance, who's playing Carl Grissom in the movie. He nails it. He killed it. It's amazing. <laughs> it reminds me of A Few Good Men. Uh, I, I guarantee I'll make us do that on the pod one day, where Tom Cruise does his Jack Nicholson impression in yeah. that movie. And it's fascinating. It's so meta. And it, I love when people do stuff like that. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So definitely with his per- with his uh, persona, too, because he even mentions it, uh, Joker, where he's like, I'm not a murderer. I'm an artist. I'm you know, artist. I'm an artist. Yeah. This is all art, you know. And and we, I want to talk about this too. This movie won one Oscar. You want to guess what it was? Uh, editing. Art. Don't they always? No, not editing. editing. I, yeah. I would have thought. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah, it's actually maybe pretty editing. well edited. Yeah. There's some things I don't like, but uh, it's art production. Oh, so okay. the guy. I want to say his name. And I wanted to give him credit because this is my favorite Batmobile. You can see on my desk here uh, the Batmobile. Anton First was the art designer of this particular movie. And Gotham, it's my favorite Gotham. It's like this weird postmodern, yeah. very like straight lines, kind of Andy Warhol-esque. You know, it's so hard to... colorful, uh-huh. you know, dark but colorful inside the apartments. It's weird. It's hard to explain because just watching it, we talked about it before. It's like this is the animated series, right? Yeah. And it's very just kind of, it's Gotham New Noir or Gotham it's, Noir. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. Very, I kind of like that. Yeah, so that's the only way I can explain postmodern it. Postmodern Gotham Noir. And it really is something where it's just like 
this is something that Tim Burton definitely could. You know what I mean? This only is Tim Burton. With it, Probably so. only t- when we see what happens when somebody like Joel Schumacher um, decides, okay, well, we want to sell toys and I want to throw some color at the whole thing. Yeah. How bad that can go. I think it was All a studio sudden, that wanted nip- to sell toys, but yeah. I think Schumacher <laughs> yeah. was like, he took the job, so he knew, That's like, true, we're going yeah. to put fluorescent lights in the Batmobile. It's supposed to be tactical or, or like invisible. We're going to put fluorescent lights in there. Nipples I, on the suits. Nipples and, on the suits. Okay, look, I like it. All of a sudden, we're rollerblading in neon color. Colors, you know, it can go off the rails. Yeah, this is a delicate balance. I also give it credit in 1989 for how much color uh, and how dark it is in the cons. Like we don't see a lot of these dark movies way before R-rated Deadpool comes out or R-rated Logan comes out, and yet this movie is a solid hard PG-13. Yeah, with a decent amount of violence, and even when Napier falls in the chemical vat, it's kind of scary. There's mm-hmm. a few scary moments in here. Even the opening is a little bit scary. I remember when I was watching it too, because this is the first time I've rewatched it in forever. And when Batman's holding on to Jack Nicholson, it looks like he it. just kind of intentionally drops him for a second. Yeah. It doesn't even He's- look like it's. It looks no, like Batman he just is menacing them. here. You talk, yeah. We talked a little bit off pod about the menacing aspect of the Ben Affleck Batman yeah. for BBS. This one's a killer too, by the way. Yeah, he definitely, he's a killer too. Michael Keaton's Batman yeah. will kill you, man. <laughs> he's gonna kill you. you ever he dancing? watched. He watched. You ever dance with Devil in the Pale Moonlight? Moonlight? Yeah, I like the sound of it. They talk about the. the we talk about casting. Pierce Brosnan was almost Batman. There yeah. were a few other folks that potentially rumored, depending on what you believe on the mm-hmm. misguided, you know, the half-baked research on the internet. But for sure, Pierce Brosnan was considered. Tim Burton had the rights to this. He was chosen as director uh, for Batman before he did Beetlejuice in 88. Yeah. And, you know, it's in development hell. Batman's one of the movies that's been in development hell for a long time. A lot of different scripts. Only when Beetlejuice takes off do they say, okay, here's $40 million or $35 million. Go ahead and do it. And then Burton fights for Keaton. And I think it's just a, it's a crazy, smart, weird lightning in a bottle moment that Hollywood just allowed it to happen. Right. Keaton only has, he's got clean and sober, but he's got Mr. Just comedy. Just comedy. Mostly gung-ho, things like that. So it's weird. He has this odd menacing um, smile, this odd menacing smirk. When he's in Vicky Vale's apartment, just as Bruce Wayne, he's a little bit menacing there. You want to get nuts? Come on. You know, like that's a weird <laughs> Bruce Wayne. But when I think of Bruce Wayne, that's I think, a great scene, by the yeah, way. That is a, just oh, hilarious, though. It's like, <laughs> I mean, Nicholson is obviously the better actor, but they're two heavyweights just going yeah. at it, having a good time, right? I, I wonder, like, I haven't really, no one's pressed me on it, but I'm pretty sure Michael Keaton is my favorite Bruce Wayne. Okay. I'm pretty sure. You know, and it's weird too because with the whole Batman franchise, I mean, I would still have to kind of give it to, you're probably going to hate me on this. For now, I'd have to give it to Ben Affleck. Uh, just oh, that's because surprising. He, Actually, I hate yeah. that less than if you said Christian oh, Bale. Really? Oh, okay. So <laughs> Consider yeah. this. Uh, Michael Keaton does no voice. So when he's talking to Vicki Vale in the suit before she knows who he is, it's kind of weird that she didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going no spoilers, right? Yeah. We're go- oh, yeah. Okay. Spoiler warning. It's only been out forever. Right? Yeah. It's only been out forever. So, but Why Affleck? Can you, can you justify it? Can you give me a couple lines um, on why? Because I'm curious. I don't hate he his performance. Yeah. Uh, it's just what he does in Justice League. You think it takes, takes it down a couple notches. Yeah. But... Justice League is a whole another. That's his all, his yeah, tone is that's, all over the place. Yeah. So Justice League is its own little problem. I would say with Batman, man it's mainly he gets physicality i would say like not so much as physicality though too as well you can tell that he doesn't really love being batman and i think that's yeah exactly and i think that's kind of that fit the part because because he hates being batman ben affleck hates being batman so does Bruce Wayne kind of hate being Batman 20 years later because his body's just completely broken. There were some <laughs> other movies I was going to choose before we did this, but because producer Ryan shouts, uh, safe travels, sir, chose Attack on Titan, 
which is great for you know I'm not an anime guy so I was shocked at how like existential it was yeah there's some existentialism in this movie Michael Keaton's character is sort of he doesn't know why he does it really you, yeah. in his eyes like he, he's bothered by his parents but he's also asking Alfred for the file and flipping through it it's not like immediate flashback tears shock and drama he's mm-hmm. sort of like at peace with it but also like has to do this because nobody else will yeah. there's not a lot of like questions answered there. he's a guy that dressed well, up as a yeah, bat he's a guy and, who dresses yeah. up as a bat you know and we don't really question it either because we're having a good time so I it, but the Affleck one the Schneider universe and certainly what Nolan gets into I don't know how much I like my Batman tortured. I like mm-hmm. my Joker's having fun and my Batman sort of mysterious. Yeah. I don't need to know how tortured he is. So, you know. Something with this one too, at least it does a little bit better. And we haven't seen as as much, or maybe just not as goofy, but it, it looked pretty decent at least for the time, was with the gadgets, right? I he, love Batman the had just Where does he get yeah. those wonderful toys? Yeah, so it was always <laughs> With kind no of, explanation. Yeah. Did, did you like uh, Morgan Freeman's character in the Nolan universe? Um, I do like it. I think the thing with it's Morgan and, and that's Freeman, why, so it's yeah, hard it's to Morgan like, Freeman, yeah. So Lucius I think, Fox, right? Is that yeah, Lucius yeah. Fox. So I think the thing I like that inclusion of the character of Lucius Fox, as far as like this is how he gets his gadgets and everything. Yeah. But there's definitely he's just into spelunking. There, there's definitely <laughs> just like such a difference between the gadgets you see in this movie yeah. and the gadgets you see in other movies. Whereas I, the gadgets, I like that we don't know, man. When he does the thing in the museum where he shoots it at his face and it goes yeah. both directions and it takes off and the the Elfman music shows up, I love that shit. Yeah. You know, like that stuff is right up my alley. And that reminds me of something, um, and again, I will definitely make you guys do this one day, Ghostbusters. We don't really know how they make the trap, how they make the proton packs, right. how they make the, fl- you know, all this other crap that they have. Like, we just see it, and uh-huh. it's cool, you know? The the little uh, PKE meter, or whatever it's called. Like, all that stuff just shows up, and I kind of like that, uh, un- the unanswered questions uh-huh. of it, you know? Because you're allowed to let your imagination go wild. Yeah. And so I you think- already know that I tried to write a Ghostbusters 3. Yes. I love taking other people's ideas. I want to read taking it, too. On my yeah. own, uh, <laughs> put it in my own spin, you know? Like, I like the mystery. I like things that get my imagination going. I don't need all the answers. Yeah. Know? And I think, too, as far as with, like, the newer ones, like, yeah, he has the gadgets. They're just not very as off-the-wall or crazy as from what we see in here, which I like the crazy kind of gadgets that we get because They're it's big, just something... They're big, too, bulky. Yeah, it's something that Batman <laughs> wouldn't carry. As far as, like, with the bail... Christian Bale's Batman gadgets like they're just so much kind more of, tactical they're abandoned military projects that he yeah. kind of takes which makes sense for a real world it gives it the realism but do we need that much realism yeah do we Batman need it story? so that because it's question. still you know a yeah. larger than life character you know when, book, when so. he takes Vicky Vale and he's trying to rescue her from uh, Joker's henchmen and the police at the same time he's like how much do you weigh ah, about 108 and they get halfway up and the thing stops like you weigh a little more than 100 yeah <laughs> like it gives you a little sense of realism but isn't explaining a ton you yeah know? so I sort of like that so I do I do kind of miss just the crazy gadgets. Me too. Right? I do yeah. kind of miss them. And, and I miss the color a little bit too. More you know? in line with the animated series, which does the same thing. You see a ton of stuff in the animated series, not a ton of explanation. And I was right. fine with it. Now, you know? I know we were talking about bat suits earlier. And so we're going to have to talk about this bat yeah. suit, right? Because, yeah. like, although... You know, I think there are some a little bit of pacing issues with this movie in general. Couple. As far, yeah, I think couple it's just, on the rewatch. There are some where she's like, "Ooh, that's just a little slow," or she's like, "Ooh, why include that?" Like for example, Vicky like, Vale. A lot of Vicky yeah, Vicky Vale too as I well. I like Robert Wool's um, character, but Vicky Vale's character. So yeah, Vicky Vale just kind of like she's kind of an odd inclusion Kim for now. Beautiful. She got um, a great scream too. Yeah, she, so. she's always screaming. Oh my god. So, but also basically with does have as far as like with those pacing issues, but. Also, there's just kind of those inclusions as far as like, okay, why and why add that in there when that obviously could have been an edit? Like, for example, you've got Bruce Wayne who can't sleep in bed, so he sleeps upside down. 
And it's just a quick that was a weird two quick minute cut, shot. But I sort of liked it. I'm not gonna really? lie. It was yeah. a little weird. I'm just I don't like, know if he's know... doing that to sleep or he's doing that to stretch out because he's a Batman. Yeah, he gets beat I guess up every so. Day. I always thought maybe it was because she was sleeping. And I yeah. thought he was doing it because of sleep. Funny, it's and funny it's you weird. mentioned that because like I'm an older man now. So like when I watched this when I was nine years old in the movie theater versus now, and I've seen it probably thirty times. Yeah. I think I I view it differently. Uh-huh. Like oh, he's doing this for that reason, or like I never really knew what he meant. Like give Knox a grant. Uh, oh, he's trying. He's asking for money, and he's just going to give him the money. Like yeah. I I don't get all the jokes when does you're he a get kid. the money though? Does he get the money? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? I'm great that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some stuff that you watch differently as an adult, and I think what it does it's indicative of showing. Okay, it's maybe not a kids movie, even though kids are going to want to see a Batman movie always. But it's also not a full adult movie. It's that nice in the middle yeah. where both people are entertained, which is crazy because I very much remember my stepfather and my mother taking me to this um, nine years old, and my parents did not take me to a lot of movies. They would not agree on a lot of movies to yeah. go see in the movie theater. This was one of the movies that really drove me to cinema and drove me to my cinema love, and definitely drove me to my blockbuster love and comic love. Uh, so it's crazy that my parents took me to this because they also wanted to see. Yeah. And I think credit to Tim Burton. Uh, it's the right mix of the pop art, the comic, um, name brand uh, actors mm-hmm. doing signature performances to get people to the theater, even if they're not Batman yeah. fans. You know, and this is comics. our very first Batman movie that we yeah. ever got to as well. So you got to have kind of that 60s vibe, that Adam West vibe. Think about how many bad ones came too. after this. There's quite <laughs> yeah. a few bad ones after this yeah. one, you know? So, so but uh, back to the bat suit. So, yeah, oh right. man. So, you know, of it's course, watching it. Tactical. It's tactical. <laughs> can't really move in it. <laughs> <laughs> you really you really can't so um i like the design though yeah, no, you have the a problem design, with the design yeah the design is good so okay. a little rubbery but other than the design that. is good. i like the ears i don't know if I you like, like the ears, the ears. Yeah, i like the ears. ears i actually like the uh the cowl with the attached batman logo yeah i, like I sort of like that as too. well so but it is kind of just watching it especially those action scenes he's just kind of yeah. you know when he he's turns, not loose when he turns he can't turn his neck right he, he kind of has yeah. to turn his and whole entire apparent. shoulders with it too as well and it is apparent he turns his whole shoulder uh, <laughs> he turns his whole body around that's the only and way so, he can turn around you know there's just kind of things he like would be that. shot and in the back have... of the head in five minutes <laughs> yeah. if it was real <laughs> and there's just kind of other Luckily, things too <laughs> where he kind of he gets shot quickly he gets beaten up you know he, he, and he it, gets beat that's up a little bit some of it is misdirection one year two yeah yeah there's some misdirection in there he sort of like fakes out where he's passed out or something a lot maybe like too many times in this movie but yeah. I will say the third act when they're in the bell tower, the action picks up a little bit. So do you think that he got a little looser by the end? Because some got, of the kicks and stuff were better toward the end. He got a little it's a looser, low bar, but but it's it's the editing too. You, you yeah. know, but it's also that eighties kind of editing yeah. also with action scenes. Uh, what and again, was Michael Keaton, a comic actor, not an action guy, and for that, not too bad. Well, it was interesting because they talk about as far as like with Michael Keaton, uh, how he couldn't even hear when he was in the bat suit, just yeah. in general. And in that bell tower scene, uh, you know, there's a henchman where he's just standing there and the henchman jumps out at Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton just doesn't do anything. You know, Batman doesn't turn around and the guy just so happens to fall through. Yeah, Yeah, he just so happens to fall through. He doesn't even he doesn't even notice this guy falls through. Until it's already happened, and then he turns around, and he just sees a hole in the ground. So, you know, there's just little things like that where it's like, okay, they, there could have been a little bit better editing around it, but it's just like, what do you do, you know? But again, it's 1989, yeah. and it's not a huge budget that we're talking about here. And I guess, for whatever reason, Hollywood didn't have the kind of confidence they had in the Superman uh, character at this time. So that's why they gave him a, a slightly smaller budget. But Tim Burton's able to include things that sort of make it logical because they make Batman sort of this myth or like, is he a man? Is he a giant bat? Is there a six foot bat running around Gotham? Uh, You know, can I get you on record? 
we don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's a giant bat or something. So like that makes him more menacing. That's the sort of the symbolism that they Nolan gets into in his universe a little bit. It's the symbol of I'm wearing the suit. I'm quiet. I have these sort of ninja tactics. Yeah. And just the fact that I'm there. Anybody could be in the suit. Yeah. The bad guys run away from him without him ever throwing a punch, you know? So like they're obviously afraid of him. Yeah. So that kind of makes it somewhat logical that he's not the greatest fighter in the world. Yeah. And uh, even just watching it too, like that suit does not fit his face as well either. Like it just feels yeah. like... I don't know if it's just like I don't think he looks bad what in a bad it is. suit. Yeah. I like him as Bruce Wayne a lot. In the suit, it's a little bit weirder. I still, it's very close. If he's my favorite Batman in the suit, yeah. But um, also, this is the first one we're getting, and it's just I can understand. Like, okay, you put him in the suit. Okay, now what? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. how can we work around this? obvious thing where he can't move as much because there must have been tremendous pressure not just on the uh, costume designers but also on what how can we put him in a situation where he can do stuff you know yeah exactly but he gets moments like when he tells the batmobile to stop the technology that's in there yeah it makes him very cool and i think that's why you have those gadgets too because to kind of help get around it also so it's not like it's out of place we we definitely got to talk a little bit more about jack nicholson too as well because performance is incredible even i don't know how he wasn't nominated for an oscar yeah. One. And I so, think Glory, uh, it was Denzel who won Best Supporting. Okay. I guess he would be supporting in this. Uh, and I think it was Daniel Day-Lewis who won lead, but he wasn't even nominated. Outrageous. Outrageous. It's my favorite Joker performance, and I know that people hit me up on that. But he's so good, and he's uh-huh. having such a good time. And he have Jack Nicholson deliver those lines. This town needs an enema. You know, you know, a man dressed up as a bat gets all my press. Like it's Jack Nicholson saying that right. shit. I can imagine reading it on the page and being like this is a, we're not doing this. You know, yeah. but he buys in 100% and that's what makes his character fun. What did you think of him and I want to just go in order. How did you like his Jack Napier character? Before he becomes Joker. Well, it's definitely hint- it's definitely strongly hinted at that he was a psychopath even before. He's already a psychopath. Yes, and so. it's just like the the batch of chemicals kind of just did the final t- the, final the final touch, touch. on it. What so, a, what about this idea we, that they're borrowing from the Red Hood, where this is a Batman villain that he created himself? Yeah. Are you okay with I'm it? I'm pretty much fine so with that, not, too, as well. Uh, who is it that kills Batman's parents? I forget the name. Oh, uh, Joe, Joe Cherry, yeah, I think it Joe, is. Something like yeah, that. something Joe like something. that. So, But in this one, it's Jack Napier, who later becomes the Joker. Yeah. So I was wondering when the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, like when they chose not to go that direction, mm-hmm. a very light spoiler, I was somewhat surprised because I thought that would have been a nice nod to this yeah. movie. I but. definitely like as far as, like, because they kind of do that with the animated series, like, okay, you know who the Joker's original character, you know, who he was yeah. before he was the Joker. That's the Mark Hamill. Are, yeah, exactly. So. And it's even in this where it's like, okay, we know who the Joker is, so there's not really that much of a mystery as, like, this guy that just kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, I like a lot as far as what he brings to it. As far as Jack Napier, it makes sense that, you know, this is just a guy who was kind of a mob enforcer. A who number was a two. Number, a number two mob. or number one, Falcone. whatever it is. I wonder why it's Carl Grissom. I guess in the many iterations of the script, it was never Falcone, there's, but there's a couple other guys before it ended up being Carl they, Grissom. They've made some kind of weird tweaks just in general with this movie. Like, for example, instead of having it Aces Chemicals, they called it Axis Chemicals. Yeah, Axis Chemicals, yeah. Um, there was like a couple of other things too that I kind of made note of. Oh, instead of Joker gas, it's called Smilex gas. Yeah. So it still kind of <laughs> just had that thing, even though it's it's a great little plan. Crazy, it's a little Up over until the top. his balloons yeah. got stolen. Oh, That's yeah. a pretty cool plan. <laughs> so it's just, it, it still felt like it was really afraid to fully, fully embrace its comic book origins. Like, I don't know why make a change like that. You know what I mean? Why call it Smilex Some, gas instead of Joker right. gas? Sometimes but... it's, uh, you know, the, I don't know how much of the film rights they had all the way through, but. 
um, the Harvey Dent stuff also. I guess they keep saying that they had intent to make him Two-Face eventually. Yeah. And they cast Billy Dee Williams with that in mind. And when Billy Dee didn't come back for Batman Forever, he was heartbroken by that. Yeah. When they went with uh, Tommy Lee Jones instead. Yeah. And, and I Batman don't Forever. like Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face character. No, do I don't. Like like, no, I don't yeah. like that one either. Yeah. There's a lot I don't like about that movie. Me too. But that, yeah. you know. <laughs> Me too. So... And even just kind of going back to it, like the Joker look as far as with Jack Nicholson, it looks good. The you know lighting, what I mean? the white. And, and this idea, when I was a kid, I don't think I always knew that his face was white after the chemical thing because he's putting makeup on a lot that make him look sort of human or normal with the yeah. normal skin color. And, he and looks I couldn't weird tell too. which one was which yeah. sometimes. Like, is he putting white makeup on or is he putting flesh color makeup so on? When you so. kind of when you kind of see him as far as like when he's sitting down with all the other mob boss, all yeah. the other mob bosses and he has his flesh color makeup on, yeah. it looks scarier. It's scary. Like, it and looks scarier, and the lightning's and the just smile too as well. Yeah. So just a long. What's with smile. that stupid grin? Yeah, <laughs> life's been good to me. So, so there is a lot to like, like with this movie. And although there are kind of, you know, it's just those small things where it's like you could have done this differently, could have done that differently, but they didn't know. You know, what I mean, this is their first time translating Batman from the comics, you know, to basically a and, live action. And Burton movie, is so. self-described as not a Batman comic lover. He was inspired by the Dark Knight. And the killing joke for this yeah. movie. And it's weird to say that now because we've seen Snyder stuff in so many different versions and so many good animated movies made that are very pure to the comic. This one, not maybe not so much, but he, he really gets some of that darkness, that yeah. graphic novel vibe into this particular movie. Mm-hmm. Mix it with his pop art and his signature Burton flares. I think the movie works. I don't know that anybody else could have quite pulled it off. Right. And it's definitely sort of more so than I think uh, Superman. It is. Births all this yeah. other stuff that we get now. It is definitely the best version of this Batman we could have possibly got like at, at that, that time. time. Yeah, yeah definitely at that, that time. I and I know even just kind of looking it up, Tim Burton had even said like he wasn't, you know, like he wasn't a big fan of it when it came out. He even knew there were some pacing issues, like just kind of a lot of long dialogue. You know, of course, the Vicky Vale character, uh, Batman or Bruce Wayne revealing himself to her that he is Batman, right. yeah, which pretty, just kind of feels yeah, odd because they've odd. only been together for like a two days or three days, you know. So there's just kind of, there is a little bit of missed points, but you can just this is the best version we could have absolutely got. I do want to talk about when they do that flashback when it shows uh, the Joker or Jack Napier killing Batman's parents, right? Yeah. And you've got that, you know, that cast. <laughs> they cast that guy who looks just like he Jack looks Nicholson. a lot like him. The and facial so structure is you, he nailed you, you it. Kind of have to think like. Where is this guy now? Why hasn't anybody gotten this guy to play a Joker or yeah, anything? He looks you know great. I mean? He's got so, the cool voice to kind of slow it down. I don't know yeah. if they do like a voice prompt thing on that. Never dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Moon there you go. So. Something I ask of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> and it's so weird too. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. It's, it's funny when he says it to you because, you know, Michael Keaton and Bruce Wayne is just like, what? Like, <laughs> he's literally just like that caught him so off guard. Let me let me um, ask you the, the postmodern stuff that we see in Gotham City. We've seen a lot of Gotham Cities now. Um, the cinematography that captures even some of the cheesier stuff like you look at it now it's somewhat cheesy the end scene with the bat sign and then the bat wing up on the moon oh when yes, i was yeah. a kid that was i never seen anything quite like that right. in the movies yet um and i think it does influence what we get later on did it feel too aged for you um it's aged a little bit but it still looks pretty good it still looks yeah pretty good. because okay. when looking at this and kind of grading it too as well or just reviewing it you, you do it cave? on a curve it's one of my favorite bat yeah you caves. do it on a curve i think the thing with the bat cave is they show enough but they don't show too much which yeah. is good it's weird I they only have one suit in the vault you think there would be many suits yeah but like so some of the like a little the vault, weird though. I, I do, do like, like the vault, vault too. Yeah, yeah i like it and i like so. it's very cave like yeah. it's very like built into the it's cave, an it's an 80s batman bat cave yeah you know what i mean and what i didn't like is that alfred brought vicky veil to the back cave. i'm just like you don't bring chicks down to the bat cave 
cave. What's wrong with you, man? Like, yeah, you don't, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, you don't, you don't a little bring loose, to Alfred. Cave, you, so. you like, Alfred's um, got a thing for blondes, you so, know, so. And we, I know you talked about it earlier, where as far as, like, you know, you had Joker that killed, basically, Bruce Wayne's parents, where, you know, he made they made each other. You know, he made her, and, he, you know, he made him, and then he made him. I'm going to have to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> that is everywhere. No, leave that but, in. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that in. So, um it is interesting that, you know, that they kind of went that route together just in general. Um, I did kind of have a crazy fan theory where it was, okay, Joker didn't actually kill Batman's parents. It's just Batman's psyche is so damaged that he had to believe that Joker killed his parents in order for in him to this try particular to take down. In this particular story? Yeah, yeah, maybe in this so. particular story. So. I, again, I don't think and Burton just, is giving us that much into the tortured soul of Bruce Wayne that it matters. Not really. as much, yeah. yeah. And we don't see the death of the parents until very end. Which I like. Uh, How about the misdirection in the beginning? I wanted to point this out. So in the beginning, you see those people leaving the movie theater. Oh, yeah. So you think that's going to be Bruce Wayne's parents. A nice nod, a smart little misdirection yeah. that that's just the first crime that we are going to be introduced to Batman yeah. the character as. I do I like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like that, that too. too. Um, when watching them die, of course, it's our first time watching Martha and Thomas Wayne die. Yes, first of many. <laughs> Not, first of 50 fucking, <laughs> and many more to come, I'm sure, unfortunately. So def- definitely the first of Martha! many. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, so, so yeah, there is just, it is interesting where you get that in the middle of the movie and you don't get the reveal like, oh, you watch his parents die and everything until middle of the movie, maybe even just a little bit before, before it hits that midway point. But it is interesting that, that he does go that route with Joker killing him. Um, it does that thing where they kill off the villain too, like in that first story, where it's just like, man, it would have been so interesting to see this guy come back in other movies. I, I so, had read some reviews that did not like the third act and did not like the end of the arc for Joker, but I think it works really well. Yeah. He falls himself after Batman does something smart with a gadget, and then the the little teeth, the chattering teeth. I yeah. think it works, the eternal, the endless laughter, uh, and it kind of fades correctly for uh-huh. me. So I liked it, it's but some people to, didn't like yeah, it. It's and I don't need, it. for fans, for comic fans, I think it hurts them because they want more Joker down yeah. the line, and it's about the expanded universe. But for this particular movie, maybe rightfully so they weren't thinking way ahead they were trying to make one good batman yeah. movie take it which from i there. can't blame them for because so many people are trying to set up so many franchises nowadays mistake I that yeah. they use joker let me ask you that um no i don't think so um me neither i don't i don't think so this Not is your for first 1989 time. yeah this so. is your very first batman version that you're gonna get you gotta use the joker because you don't know if you're gonna get another chance of doing this i get yeah um, i agree and like what we were talking about and before, you're not gonna get jack nielsen to come back anyway yeah, no, so you, yeah, might as well, you might as well use yeah, him might as well kill, kill him, him off yep. use him it's too expensive to get back for a second <laughs> one too like <laughs> so and it is interesting, like what we were talking about, where you know, you know, this Joker, we know his backstory, we know his origin, and then part of the reason why we like, as far as like with Heath Ledger's Joker, is the mystery, the mystery, right? Of and where I did want to ask, so. uh, point blank, ask this question because I know how much you like that Ledger performance, and I like it too. I, yeah. It's not like I don't like that performance, but we get a strong origin story for this villain in this movie. Yeah, the mystery behind Heath Ledger's Joker is part of his charm. Is what's the dichotomy there? Which one do you like more? How do you like your Joker? Do you I, want a little backstory, or do you not care at all? So, and, and it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to say too, as well, because I don't mind the backstory. I just prefer it. Make it like an actual. This is a firm backstory. This is who he is. None of the. I don't need a whole movie about it. Yeah, that's for exactly. Sure. <laughs> I don't need a whole movie about. It. So <laughs> that rips I'm, off other movies. <laughs> I'm fine with them them giving him a backstory as far as like who he was. Like yeah, with I this, with this version. Yeah, I thought but it was clean. Definitely, there's just such a big difference with Heath Ledger's Joker performance because it's it's definitely more scary and it adds more into this is a little bit more scary because we don't know anything about this guy. He could who do just anything at 
anytime. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Showed up out of, just showed up out of the blue one day, just out of just nowhere and became this force of nature against Batman. So, I will say that the menacing part of Nicholson's character and the menacing part of Ledger's character, they're both top notch. Yeah. But Nicholson has where he's doing the chemical thing and they show like the newscast where the newscast is wearing makeup. And his girlfriend too, right? Jerry yeah. Hall, the beautiful Jerry Hall. I once yeah. saw her in a production of The Graduate uh-huh. in person. She's a beautiful woman. She played Mrs. Robinson in it. Um, it's fascinating to have Mitch Jagger, Mick Jagger's girlfriend in as Jack Nicholson's girlfriend in this movie. Again, lightning in a bottle, all these things come together but his menacing plan where he's uh, poisoning Gotham's like makeup deodorant and uh-huh. that you have to mix the certain things together that's a subplot that like in a Schneider movie probably gets messy but in this one it's pretty clean yeah and it's explained Vicky he tells Vicky Vale Vicky Vale tells it to Gotham papers they put it out and like all of a sudden everybody knows his plan so what does he do he does the balloon thing uh-huh. so like I, I think it's a pretty clean narrative right. with the villain story the Batman stuff gets a little sloppy at times because the flashbacks and his motivations a little bit uh-huh. odd but for the most part like he's one of the best written villains narrative start to finish that in in a, in a comic book movie anyway yeah I definitely still like because you got to give credit with Jack Nicholson I yeah. think I credit the, with the Heath mystery Ledger of the ledger and, thing I I, I command yeah. but the, he benefits like Jack Nicholson uses his persona for this character Heath Ledger benefits from the Jack Nicholson's Joker yeah. existing we know a lot about the Joker already we've seen a few different versions the killing jokes out there the animated series was out there mm-hmm. Nicholson's performance in 89's out there so by the time Ledger gets it so much stuff's already been done so his yeah. take feels like a hot take because mm-hmm. it's a little bit different, a little more mysterious. Yeah. But you, I don't think you could have got away with that performance in 89. No, not in 89. And especially yeah. just because of Joker, if Heath Ledger's Joker, it is definitely more of, it's it's along the lines of just straight terrorism. You right. know? But like, he's having course, fun too. Yeah. He puts the nurse's outfit on. Yeah, he you does. Know? Yeah, like, it so. looks good. It looks good. So, <laughs> oh man. But um, it is, it, there is kind of like, as far as like with that scene, with, you know, some scenes I can be taken out, like just for example too, like you've got that scene where they're walking up the, the cathedral, right? In yeah. the church. And it's just, a I love the way they use the bell. <laughs> three or four minutes of them just lot, walking, yeah. <laughs> and then just walk, and it doesn't really work as well because you've got Batman, right? You, and he's just kind of he's going to struggle getting clunk- up there. <laughs> Yeah, he's clunking up. Actually, the stairs I don't love the Michael scene. Keaton. I love the way it's shot, and I love Nicholson's like look when he pulls out the big gun and shoots the Batwing. Yeah, but the idea that that would work and he would crash the Batwing is sort of nonsense. Yeah, a little, a little. <laughs> yeah, there's just those little things like that, and of course, Gordon's character in this is completely useless. Gordon, yeah, yeah, he's so useless. <laughs> I can't remember if he. I don't even think he gets much of a bigger role in the other ones uh he's just he's just kind of another kind of blumbering he, pat, pat hingle plays kind of commissioner gordon i want to say all the way through right is he in batman and robin i feel Gosh, like he is i think he I is remember. but i that's, i can't that's he's the one not, I've seen he's the not least. a major character in yeah. this and in any of but these in this one he does kind of work Christian he gets Bales. the moment in the beginning where he takes on the other detective the corrupt detective yeah and sort of takes the bullhorn away from him eckhart i think eckhart, or, yeah. yeah so i think that that kind of works so he does get a little moment but yeah, sort of miscast there. Yeah, definitely just not. We don't get as much of him as compared to the course with Nolan's Batman. So there was Lee Wallace, I think, had a bigger part. He's the mayor, and you do get quite a few scenes where they're just desperate to put on this parade. I don't. You could have maybe edited some of that down yeah. too. But I did like all the stuff with Harvey Dent. Every time Billy D was on the screen, I couldn't help but think, "What's he going to look like as Two Face? Mm-hmm. What would Batman Three have like ended up being if Tim Burton stayed with?" Yeah, it, you know? and I so. think that is something that I really wish he would have stayed aboard with. Me too. Was with Batman. 
Man 3 just to see what else he could do, especially with Keaton 2, because once they recast, that's when it gets, it just starts the messiness, right? He, it was all and, about money. He was going to get $19 million. They, they had to negotiate, and then they said, we pulled back the reins on it. We're not going to, we want to put more money into production and toys and a little less money into the cost of the cast. And then Tim Burton dropped. And then when Tim Burton dropped, Keaton was like, I'm not doing it with Schumacher. I'm out. Yeah. So I give Keaton credit for sticking with his guy, you know? Yeah. Obviously, they did Beetlejuice together and they had and it a relationship. Was, so. It was the right move to do, too, as far as like I on agree, Keaton's part. Yeah. Because, yeah, we've seen that movie. <laughs> we okay. know how it turns out. So. It's not as bad as Batman and Robin, yeah. but it's pretty freaking bad. <laughs> and, and we didn't really talk much about it, but we were talking about the gadgets, of course, Batman and gadgets, but also Joker gadgets, too. He you know, you cool get ones. the buzzer and yeah. everything. And so. Where does he uh, get those wonderful toys, yeah, where does right? He get that? I the want buzzer. the thing that punches the the TV Turns screen. you into a skeleton, yeah. yeah, right. That's pretty good. How is his hand not burning? You know, yeah. like what are the mechanics of that? <laughs> I would. It would be interesting as far as like you whatever what? Joker we get next. It's it's throw him some gadgets. You talk a little bit about the story and and script writing is so uh, so important to me because I'm such a failed script writer. I can't seem to pull one off. But what I would say is like this movie captures some stuff that is just subtle. So when he talks about. Um, Bruce Wayne is going through Napier's file and he says, oh, he's, his, his, he was like a minor in chemistry. Yeah. And then he, they, they hold a beat there. You know, maybe it doesn't, it's 1989 narrative, so maybe that doesn't work perfectly in today's time. But back then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. So when his plan ends up being poisoning the, yeah. the makeup and stuff like that, it's logical. And I think like some movies just fail to get to that. Mm-hmm. Like they don't make the effort to make it logical. At least this movie, especially with the Nicholson uh, Joker character, yeah. it's logical all the way through. His at plan least, is logical. Yeah, and at least when they kind of do that logical setting right there, they make it subtle where it's like, oh, okay, yeah. he, you know, they're talking about He's the character gangster, in general. He's a but he went to college and he studied chemistry, yeah. so he knows Whereas, you know, in newer movies, we get a whole oh, thing, you know, it's all place, in your yeah. face as far as the logic behind the storyline. I you really know, wanted Jesse to, like, Eisenberg silly, and, silly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. a little, that's a little much <laughs> There was me, an argument but. on Twitter this weekend about the best DC villain of all time, and they kept saying Zod versus Eisenberg's, uh, uh, Lex Luthor and I was oh, like that's, 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 why are we even talking about those two just DC movies so, or just I don't know uh, I, yeah, I, it was a long a thread so I, maybe it was a rewatchables thread but there was a thread where that argument was long and I stayed with it and I was about to comment and then I was like I'm better than this I don't yeah, need to <laughs> <laughs> but no I think this particular villain character was written so well and again lightning in a bottle the idea that you could get Nicholson to do this obviously he was well compensated yeah. and he has so much fun with it it's amazing yeah and I think it's a little weird it's, it's definitely crazy they didn't come back so do you have any final notes you want to give on this and then we'll give it a rating so I'm the world's first fully functioning homicidal artist yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> I'll close on that <laughs> yeah so it's definitely it paves the way and like what we talked about this is the best version of Batman we could have possibly got like at, at this, this time. time and it is it is kind of an experiment as far as like what works what doesn't work and there's a lot to like about it and as far as the things you don't like you can you can let that go because of the time and it's their first time getting this trying to get this right so before we do ratings let me just bring up you pick on me a lot and producer Ryan picks on me a lot about nostalgia yeah now when I hear the Danny Elfman song I get nostalgic uh-huh. I love it even even when I heard it in Justice League, they they mixed it in, in yeah, Justice they League, did, right? Yeah. Uh, I was even though it's poorly placed, I was nostalgic <laughs> really when weird, I heard yeah. it. Right? Opening credits, closing credits, the song it didn't do anything for you. Uh, didn't not stand as, out. Not as much because Prince well, of course, soundtrack is, a little okay, dated. The Prince soundtrack is way dated. That <laughs> is that's like one thing dance? I want to talk. About. Yeah, that <laughs> okay. is Prince, the Prince soundtrack. Party just man. it just does not make sense. Yeah, I don't know if it's just it, me, it's but it's just it's so weird. Like why was this attached to this? To make sense. I guess Andy Warhol art doesn't always make just, sense. It's just so weird when a Joker's dancing and he's just that you know, scene and it's the in the museum. Scene. It's it's seared in my brain. 
brain. I always used to think that when he says, hold on, Bob, I kind of like this one. That was a uh, Jackson Pollock. But actually, it's Francis Bacon, not uh-huh. the English Lord, but Francis Bacon, the artist. That's a picture called Figure of Meat. And just the idea that this sort of abstract, weird pop art, existential piece of art is the one that the Joker is going to be like, yeah, that's the one we're not going to put paint on. Like, that's crazy smart. You don't see that kind of shit in they the Nolan movies. They should have the crying clown. That should have been the one. <laughs> that would have been, <laughs> yeah, that been really good. <laughs> but the Nolan movies and, and certainly the Schumacher movies, and let's see what Matt Reeves does, they don't take the time to have these sort of very adult, smart little tidbits. Yeah. And I just think a little that, bit of fun. Yeah, just, just a little, little bit, of, bit fun, of fun. Smart yeah. fun. Intelligent A little bit fun, of color, you know? a little bit yeah. of fun. Yeah. And, and I actually think the Bob Kane universe, there was room for the comics. They did stuff like that. Yeah. Little nods. And, and sometimes you focus too much on Batman, too much on the villains, too much on the, the expanding a universe and having a franchise. You forget to make one good movie with interesting yeah. stuff in it. You know? They definitely need to go back to roots. Yeah. Just just a little bit. So, so is but... this your, you you don't rank the Danny Elfman score high? No, ah, man, not so much. <laughs> I mean, I know it's very iconic, but because this I is this is so before my age, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, I can't So you think I, I love it because nostalgia. of my nostalgia? No, I don't think okay. so at all. I think this is, and just from looking at other Batman movies, because the ones that came after this one, I think like Hans as far Zimmer as the did the Nolan four, universe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't or know. Or did he do, no, he did the Schneider verse. Yeah. So, so the Nolan music, I don't remember much I mean, at all. like, I can understand for some people, like, this is the Batman movie most people will watch, right? With me, it's definitely Okay, let me, be, let me ask you this question. Uh-huh. Someday, you got a 15-year-old uh, kid, and you got to introduce her or him to Batman. What's the movie you're going to show first? Probably The Dark Knight. Really? Yeah, probably the Dark Knight. Okay. So, All right. and I think even, even though it's a second in the in the trilogy, even though it's a second in the trilogy, okay, in the that's trilogy. So Batman, Batman for me, begins, it's no doubt it's definitely this yeah. one. So it's just. I would still have to give it to The Dark Knight just because you that get, may be. I don't ever argue with folks that say different. that's the best one. Yeah. I understand the narrative. It's not my favorite one. This is, but yeah. um, I get why people like it, and certainly people that are younger than me like it. But remember, there is no Dark Knight without this movie. It yeah, just isn't. There isn't. So. Yeah. So credit when credits due. Yep, credit <laughs> when credits due. <laughs> so. As Respect far as, to your elders. As, <laughs> as far as, oh, he just, oh, yeah. So we've, we've got Batman on in the background, too, and he just did the scene where he farts and flies away, also. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> oh. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> oh, man. So, but it, it is it is classic and it is good. If I had to show it, uh, Dark Knight, and then probably this one, just to show, okay. like, just how different they are and just the different Jokers, too. But they are just. This one is definitely a lot more fun to watch. The Dark Knight is just Heath Ledger, just something just crazy with that role too. In general, yeah. it's just it's just it's it's a whole different level if Let that me, makes sense. I, so. uh, we know your take already, just like everybody knows my take on Joker, right? If you're ranking Ledger, Nicholson, Joaquin, put them in order for me. Ah, uh, no pressure. I still got to give it to Ledger. Okay, number I still got to give it to definitely Nicholson. And number three, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of right, right? <laughs> His Joker's so sullen. I feel like they're missing the character there, yeah. but all right. And it's just, I feel like with Joker too, you could go many different ways. You can go intelligent Joker, right? Just like somewhat with Heath Ledger, right. master planner. The Mark Hamill Joker, I would you know, give it to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, does it really look like I have a plan? And then you've got the Mark Hamill, you kind of got the Jack Nicholson Joker, where it's you just like- Cesar Romero you got, way on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, and you've got fun gadgets, you know, just plans that somehow work, but just don't make any sense or have no practicality to them, but it's just because- the Joker did it because it's fun, you know. The and, the when they scroll in, and again, cinematography is so important. The way they frame shots, Nicholson has such a Hollywood face, such an iconic face. Winged freak terrorizes, 
Wait till they get a load of me. Yeah. He's got the white, the, the shade is over his eyes, the way they color the lighting. It's just, I, I, for some reason, it stands out so much more than Ledger's sort of menacing, scarred face. Yeah. Um, even though, like, the logic of his sort of plastic surgery making him smile all the time doesn't quite work, uh, and yeah. Ledger's sort of scars are menacing in a different kind of way, I still think, when I think of Joker cinema-wise, um, I think of Nicholson a little bit before Ledger. But again, Ledger for sure would be my number yeah. two. And, and I think it might be right. It's I just, sort of like Leto maybe more than Phoenix because I just <laughs> I have I have no atta- attachment to the Phoenix performance. Yeah. So. And also too, it's just it really is with Nicholson's Joker and Ledger's Joker. They're on just two different playing fields. Yep. you know what I mean. Yep. It's just completely you know both menacing, purple, both having fun, but it's a dark totally purple. different like, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it really is just one two kills him with the levels, upright pen, but, one kills him with the handshaker yeah. thing. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And but I would say is. You know, Jack, Jack Nicholson's Joker and Ian Ledger's Joker, they help enhance the story so much with the world that it's set in. They it, definitely, they both just enhance the story. They enhance the character just a lot So more. maybe Todd Phillips made a Joker movie that's, you know, good. It's All art is subjective. We didn't like it, but a lot of people did. Is Did he make a good movie because he chose to name it Joker and use the Joker character? And the Joker character is just so cool and so iconic and maybe the best comic villain of all time? Or did he make a good movie because he made a good movie? You know? I think as far as with the Joker movie, too, because... It's I just, really think it benefited it's a, for being called Joker. It's, if it, it was it really called did. Producer Ryan, it doesn't make Producer anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, and Garbage boy. With, with that Joker movie, too, because it's so just not very genre at all, regardless yeah. of which genre of Batman, which genre of Joker you're looking at, it's definitely not anywhere near that. And also, too, it just doesn't feel natural along the lines of what we have seen with this character, either live action, cartoons, or even just on like with comic books, too, as well. If you mix pages. in cartoons... It's really close between Hamill and Ledger for, yeah. for number two. But all three of those yeah, performances so, are great. But it is with that Joker where it just doesn't feel like him at all as far as he's just kind of... It, it's a pop culture... This is this is definitely a pop culture millennial Joker version, if that right. makes sense. You know what I mean? If this this is... Even though it takes place in the 80s or... you know That's right, right? It takes place I, in the I 80s. Think so, yeah. Even though the Joker takes place... The movie takes place in the 80s, everything surrounding around it as far as the themes and everything... You is can. Modern. It's, it's modern. Yeah. It's all modern yeah. to that it's point. Divided America. Yeah. It's rich and eat the rich. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's all modern. It is all modern America. So that's why I would have to say this is very just. It's and even though I'm a millennial and I think you are. I don't know. So anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I I think by the math, depending on how you rate it, I'm very. There's close different ones generate. out there that say yeah, what you. Yeah. I, so, I I but, I I consider myself. Generous. But I can understand why this is this is a you know that Joaquin Phoenix Joker. It's yeah. a millennial Joker. You have someone who's you know diagnosed mentally ill who has very serious problems but you know and that's really what it does it just follows just the person of this problems and it's just and it really is like what we talked about i think even last pod where it's just all the all the reasons all the things that that joker did an actual good joker whether it was jack nicholson's or ledger's or whoever wouldn't do any of those things it wouldn't care about yeah, political statement even the leto wouldn't one, care about some, any makes of those some things. more logical sense to me than what phoenix ends up doing mechanically in that movie yeah, it i doesn't feel like joker it's just know? the only reason it works is because it is a pop culture you know yeah. this is a millennial take this is a very current take on it right there so so do you want um uh, before we do the rating do you want another joker do you want matt reeves joker um, movie two, movie three, whatever. So, if it ends up being successful, I know. I know they have a lot of villains in this a new lot. Batman movie, movie coming out. Paul Dan- you know, some of the casting I like. Paul yeah, Dan- some, was a lot of the casting but- I like just in general. But I think it would be a good idea to cast someone. Not say it. Don't keep it very top secret. You know, close any leaks that you have. 
it would be very interesting if you've got Batman walking through Arkham and then just somewhere off in a deep dark corner you see a smile and with white who, face. Who was the other guy in Twilight? The guy, the buff kid. Oh, uh, Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. Boom, there it is. There you go, the perfect casting. (laughs) Just going to write that down real quick for whatever reason. You can have that one for free, Warner Brothers. I won't charge it. I would like it where Batman's walking through Arkham (laughs) Asylum and just in a dark corner, just in the laugh, kind of in the pits of hell, you hear the laugh or you see the smile and that's it. You know what I mean? Just give him a little taste. Don't give us the full thing. He's just in Arkham and... Just in Arkham for I, now. I would urge Hollywood to understand this, and I know they won't listen because they got to make money, but and I'd also urge the kids, listen, I know how much you like these characters. I know how much you want to see new Batman movies and new ideas and new Jokers. Don't. There's a lot of good Batman stuff already out there. Yeah. Go back and watch that. Oh, you yeah. Know, and then tell me if we really need Pattinson and this Matt Reeves movie in 2021. Mm-hmm. We could have probably waited a couple of years. And, and I definitely wanted to say before we rate it, we talked about it many times. Watching it so recently... Um, it makes me believe that Hollywood missed an opportunity here. They spent all this money on BVS, all this money on the Nolan series, which was very fine, uh, wasted a bunch of movie on Schumacher movies, and now they got a Matt Reeves movie instead of the Affleck movie. Where's the Batman Beyond movie? Yeah. You can you want to tap into nostalgia? Bring Keaton back and oh, have yeah. a new guy come in and take the suit. Mm-hmm. And it's a Taylor no Lautner. Yeah. Yeah. You don't <laughs> have to bring Burton back. He can be executive producer or whatever. You got it. You know, this yeah. is it's a no brainer win. And it gives us, it pushes that character forward. There's already been a cartoon there's already some mythos novels comic graphic novels about it right they're missing that man yeah that's what they should do next they really should and i think it is it is that missed opportunity because i think maybe even burton and keaton wouldn't yeah. mind coming back again i think they might i think yeah. i think they would like to actually just you know let's just touch this one last time we let's know burton give a batman was so beyond close and to get a superman movie yeah he's got one more in him yeah he could do batman beyond so you know? i like it as far as him being a producer have a different director you know sure. just have have his have his take on there but the of course, right real real certain things back in if you can, you know, but it is right there and they could absolutely do it. You know, they could do it as far as it's like even in today's time, 2020, where yeah. you've got, you know, your yeah, old whatever. 80s you Batman. Whatever, you a little bit in the future or right now. The technology is yeah, close you could, enough. you could definitely do it. And we'd like to see that Batman Beyond suit too. So, Well, I thank you for indulging me. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's rate this thing. I want to so, hear your number. So Pure I'm emotion. Gonna give this, oh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna give this. I'm I'm kind of caught between a seven and a seven and a half. Okay, um, I can live with that. I can live with that. It's definitely. What did you give Attack on Titan? I forget. I think I gave it an eight. Right? <laughs> you gave it an yeah, eight. Yeah, you oh, give it an man, eight. You're gonna give Attack on Titan. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> different category, but it's just like we talked about many times. You know, in this podcast alone, is this is the best Batman movie we could have possibly got at this time. There are certain things where it has aged, but you know, credit where credit's due. It's definitely still worth rewatching. Um, it's definitely worth at least just kind of having on the background. You would argue it holds it. up so, to a certain degree. I would argue it holds up to a certain degree. You know, just even though there are things that, okay, that doesn't make sense. You can take that out. You can take that out. Narratively, you're right. It still makes sense. Everyone's emotions are kind of clear. The only one that isn't as clear is probably Bruce Wayne because, you know, he's kind of got to get the love thing going on. Vicky Which Bale, I sort of like. Sort I mean, the Vicky Bale thing maybe a little it's, too layered. It's kind, of, it's kind of where it's like they're just still a little afraid to kind of tackle more into it. I don't know why she doesn't come back for the second one. I don't know if they ever say anything what happened to her, to Vicky she Bale. She couldn't but, handle it or something like that or it was too much drama or yeah, something. Yeah, something, it, is, it so. is referenced very briefly. Yeah. So, I mean, but I'll give it a good The same guy wrote the second seven. one. Sam Hamm wrote, okay. wrote the second one also. So, yeah. Which I think is a fine movie. It's not as good as this one, but it's a fine movie. I'll give it a solid seven look at that face we're watching it in the background and you could just 
Yeah, it doesn't fit his face as well, but it still, it still looks good. So. Not a bad suit. Keaton, better Bruce Wayne than an actual Batman in the suit, but I still think he's fine. Excellent casting. By far my favorite Batmobile. Yeah. Love the, uh, yeah I love this scene here, the Axis Chemical scene, because you get to see the Batmobile do some do some damage. Yeah, you actually do. So Okay, so for me, listen, I, I'm old, and I saw this movie in the movie theater, and it stayed with me for sure. Every other Batman movie I saw after this, I compared to this one. This is my number one Batman movie for sure. Mm -hmm. It's actually my highest rated comic movie. I tend to be a little harder on comic movies than I do on other adult dramas, Nicolas Cage movies. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, there isn't a comic book movie that touches like the nines and I'm a very tough grader, but I'm going to give it the solid eight and a half. I'm giving it the Weekend at Bernie's treatment, the Pretty Woman treatment. If you only see 50 movies uh, in your whole life, this has to be one of the 50 it's that crazy lightning in a bottle, Burton, Keaton, Nicholson, a decent script, um, a budget just big enough to make it look cool and glossy. And and I think it was the odd case where even though it drifts away from some of the originating story uh, comic material, it pleases the fans just yeah. enough. Certainly fans complained about Keaton and some things when this movie came out. But once they saw the movie, they're like, all right, that's going to work. Batman's going to work mm. on the big screen. And it gave birth to all these other comic book movies after it. Yeah. Certainly there was Richard Donner's Superman before it. But what this does is say, oh, we can do cool stuff. We can do pop art and some Andy Warhol mm-hmm. influence in our comic movie. We don't have to stick strictly to like, you know, first act, second act, villain dies, you know, yeah. we can do different stuff. And you I can think play with it a little you bit. You can play with yeah. it a little bit. You know, I'm going to give you the toys and you can play in the sandbox. Now, obviously, sometimes it goes badly because Star Wars, but, you know, sometimes it went well. The yeah. Nolan universe is very satisfying to me. But the first two Tim Burton Batman movies, still my Batman. Uh So this is my Batman. This is my Joker. I'm giving it an eight and a half on the Shawshank scale. It's my favorite comic book movie, and it makes my top 50 of all time. What's your your second second Batman movie? What would you give it to? Besides besides the second Batman, uh, Tim Burton. Batman Returns. It's probably close between some, some very close balance of Batman Returns, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and Dark Knight Rises. That's my next pop. Okay. Uh, they're all sort of mixed together. I think they all get in like the seven, six and a half range. So okay. I think they're all close there. What would but you give the Dark Knight? The Dark Knight, I think I gave it, I did rate it on my blog. I uh-huh. think it's got a seven and a half, which is okay. pretty high. So, okay. Yeah, pretty high. Again, there's parts of that third act with the two fairies and stuff, and someday we'll do it on the pod, I'm yeah. sure, that I did not love. And that mm-hmm. one was a little bit long-winded, if you remember, too. Yeah. I thought it's about 15 minutes too long, and you could have cut some of that, what's his girlfriend's name? She's she's cast, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal, but it was Katie Holmes in the first one. Yeah. That was a tiny bit jarring. I wasn't in love with Aaron Eckhart's Harvey Dent the mm-hmm. whole way through. Um, so there was some stuff in there that I thought it got a little bit too big for his britches. And I actually, I maybe will that pull back the scene. reins on the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I like in the Dark Knight Rises, but to say the Dark Knight Rises is better than the Dark Knight's probably a mistake. Yeah, so. it's there's there's a yeah. lot wrong with that movie. So uh, we're going to move on past We've Got Mail, uh, but feel free to email us at talkingflick at gmail.com. Talkingflick at gmail.com. So we'll move on to our next segment, uh, recommendations. Anything you want to recommend that you caught over the week or the so weekend? I'm fully caught up on McMillions. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the third episode you yet. Haven't? Okay, no, I haven't seen the third episode Again, yet. I'm so fascinated by these documentaries. Just stranger than fiction. Yeah. Real life is always stranger than fiction. You think Batman's made up? This story, if I tried to sell it to somebody in a Hollywood studio, I'd be like, no, it's not. No way. Yeah. No chance. It's got larger than life characters, the mob. It's fascinating. I urge people to watch it. It's actually a very well-constructed documentary. They give it to you in like 55-minute bites. Mm-hmm. It's not overly done. I think there's two more episodes, if I'm not I mistaken. think it's going to be a 
total of five, six. Oh, so I think three more to yeah, go. three more to go. I think it's, so. I don't. I, we don't even know who Uncle Jerry is. Like three episodes in, we're oh, not really? totally okay. sure. We sort of know, but we're not totally sure. And then there's sort of conflicting arguments, and there's like a you know a spoiler, a very small spoiler. There's a car uh-huh. accident that kind of derails things. It's just crazy. Even the FBI characters are like larger than life. Yeah, so especially weird. that one. The it's main like, that's one. That's a real guy. So, How yeah. is that a real guy? That's <laughs> and not a real he's an guy. FBI agent he's an too. FBI as well, agent. Yeah. So. so I mean, I strongly urge people. HBO documentaries are always top notch. This is one you got to watch. And of course, I'm still following The Outsider. Every episode, I get more and more nervous. It's not going to work as they yeah. keep going forward. But I'm still fascinated. It's still super well. It really sucks you in more. It sucks like, you it's in so more. weird. Yeah. It sucks you in more. Yeah. And that you delicate know, balance of supernatural versus crime thriller. We talked about the opening of the yeah. pod. You got to watch it, and, and each, I'm going to miss it when it's gone. Each episode definitely leaves you off like, I want to watch the next one, yeah. but now I, I got to wait a week. I about so. um, Ben Mendelsohn's wife on the show. Yeah. Mayor Winningham, I think is her name. Uh-huh. She's got a great performance. It's a great character, and I'm concerned for her. So oh, okay. Credit to the show for making me concerned for her. Yeah. All right. So uh, I finished Better Call Saul, so I finished that season oh, four. Um, so you're right in line with the season premiere of season five. Yeah, season uh, premiere season of season five. Season five. Yeah. So sometimes I wait for it just to come to Netflix. I think this time so I'm just going to catch back on it. So a little it. bit so, back to back. Yeah, I definitely am a big fan. I, I liked how it ended. Uh, spoilers for Better Call Saul season four. Um, it is, and it sounds weird when I kind of talk about it just out loud, but they they go in and explore a plot line as far as like how they build the underground uh, chemical lab that they have for Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in the Breaking Bad, the one that's underneath the laundromat. Oh, is that right? So um, that is kind of a side plot within that. As how far much as is Mike the show and, reliant on the sort of universe for, that was created by Breaking Bad? Because um, the is, first season didn't lean on it all that much. Yeah, so it is. It's becoming definitely more reliant on it, and a as lot you get of that closer to the timeline. Kind of. Um, I would only say it's becoming more reliant as far as like with the first maybe two or three seasons up until okay. Gus Fring uh, dies. Yeah, Gus dies. Uh, so and a lot of that is because you're exploring Mike and as far as like how Mike got set up with Gus Fring in general, how he ended up working with him and everything. So you're exploring that aspect of it and you're exploring aspect of Gus Fring and just kind of what's going on with the mob in general at that time. And then really when it comes with, you know, Saul Goodman, you're just exploring as far as he's right now he's just Jimmy McGill um and he's kind of, he was originally kind of just fighting between okay I'm Jimmy McGill and I'm Saul Goodman because this guy he's a con man you know what I mean and anything he does he brings a little bit of his con man style Bob to Odenkirk, it Bob Odenkirk I so, don't think has won an Emmy for this particular performance has he He's great he's, he's great so good he's Odenkirk's so good. a great actor he yeah. was good in the Spielberg movie about the Pentagon papers Yeah uh he's an actor that we got to see more of yeah, he'd definitely. make a great Batman villain Oh yeah he could do the penguin I, or something I like that I love Bob Odenkirk, so, yeah, I love Odenkirk Bob Odenkirk. needs more work so yeah he does Odenkirk needs more work so <laughs> I got ruined my life for more Odin. Yeah, definitely him and definitely David Cross. You know, yeah, David Cross to, is yeah, good too. David Cross is good. Yeah, but, he's sinister. But Better Call Saul, it's definitely been really satisfying. And just even with other characters they introduced, like Nacho Varga, which was a part of like Tuco's crew, um, just kind of where he's at with it too as well because he ends up kind of being Gus forced. Gus the Mandalorian? Who is in the Mandalorian from Breaking Bad? Yeah, Gus. Gus, West, right? Yeah, Gus Frank. And yeah. he's holding that saber. The black saber, the black yeah. Saber, yeah, the black saber, yeah. Mandalorian weird, saber. Weird so. casting, but uh, but it was nice to see him in there. It is nice to see him back in there. We only get a little bit of Just him. Just a second, yeah. Yeah, so I'm definitely excited. I'll probably watch Better Call Season 5, you know, as soon as it premieres. Um, it's just... Yeah, there's just so much good with it. And I can understand why it could be like a little bit slow. There's a little bit of cringeworthiness in it. Season too one as well. was a little slow for me. That's why yeah. I sort of let it go. But I could see myself like someday I'm going to break my leg and be bedridden and I'll plow through better plow through it. Yeah, so. it's definitely Breaking worth it. Bad. You know how I feel about the final episode. The last season, the penultimate episode was very uh-huh. good all the way through there. Last episode sort of rubbed me the wrong way. And the Jesse Pinkman movie that was on Netflix was pretty good. El Camino, I, I yeah. thought it was fine, El Camino. But I didn't quite 
I won't feel quite as attached to it to make me watch many seasons of Saul. Yeah. But everybody that watches it, especially my uncle who's a podcast subscriber, tells me all the time I got to watch yeah. it. So. And I don't know how many seasons they're going to go into because it seems like they're catching up. They're catching more. up to the Breaking Bad season one very uh, quick. So like just not so much spoiler, but throughout the whole entire series, you know, Saul Goodman's kind of been balancing between, all right, he's either Jimmy McGill or he's Saul Goodman. He's right. either the straight arrow lawyer or he's the con man who just happens to be a lawyer who does whatever he can to get people, you know, off from their crimes. So, and right. it is, it is and it's a delicate balance. Yeah. And it is something where it's, you know, they explore a little bit more of it. Would in the, the show be a and, success had breaking bad never existed? Oh man. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I don't think so because okay. it would have been really hard. Not I think, that that's I think like you, that has to be the bar, but it's, I was just it's curious. done. It's done a good job on just standing alone by itself. You know, creating its own story don't, and enhancing don't you what's want, originally been given to us. And I don't mean, like I said, I've only watched season one and parts of season two, and I sort of let it go. But don't you want Vince Gilligan to do something else? Um, Can he leave the universe? And I do be want. I do want him to do something else. We know he was part I of the like, X Files. I like what he's. Stuff, I like what he's doing with this. Yeah. So I. I, yeah. I think when he's done with this, he should do. Would something Would you give else, Vince but... Gilligan the keys to a comic movie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I. I. absolutely would. I think that guy. I think is, I might too. He's very creative. Give him Spawn. Let's see. Yeah, definitely Spawn. Spawn. You want to give him something where <laughs> dark. He has that. He has that good yeah. balance where yeah. it's just like yeah, it's dark, it's balanced, and also it's just. There is just there's a lot of creativity Cranston, to what's happening in it too. Almost Lex Luthor. You think he would have been a good one? Oh, absolutely. Over over Eisenberg. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. I think oh, it was the Kevin, Kevin Spacey oh, yeah. when he was close. Um, I wouldn't want him in Kevin Spacey because that's kind of a nothing movie just yeah. in general. I think he but, was rumored for the Snyder one too. Actually, yeah, after the fact. Th- it definitely would have been better. Old Jesse Eisenberg's that. so weird. In he that. was weird. He's in that, just yeah. it does not. He would have been a great Riddler. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that? Sure. Yeah, it's just so oh, weird. Well. Maybe okay. he is a Riddler. Another fan theory. Riddler dressed up as a. You keep you keep touting Better Call Saul. I promise. One day I'll go back and yeah, watch check it, it out. Catch, don't rewatch the first season; just catch up to the second season. Yeah, watch a recap. Yeah. That's about it. Um, so next week uh, we probably won't have Ryan back again. So it'll probably Thank just God be the dynamic that. duo. So, we miss you, Ryan. So nice without you. <laughs> but <laughs> bring you back um, souvenirs. <laughs> next week I'm thinking we'll probably do the Invisible Man. So okay. we, we yeah, probably Elizabeth will. That's Elizabeth a, Moss, right? Yeah, Elizabeth I, Moss. I love her for Mad Men. So we might do Jesus roles, but we'll see. We, we're not. We're not seeing. That. Love to do that. It says it premieres next week, but it hasn't said where it's premiering at so i think it's limited release yeah but if it's not or you want to give us uh, movie passes and it will head down to la yeah we'll head down there so yeah (laughs) so uh either invisible man or jesus rolls just go on twitter yeah just watch both of them so (laughs) all right so that's all we got for you guys this week uh why don't you where can we find you at you can always find me at realwatchability.com. I'm going to try, actually, to do the Batman re-review, uh, and I'll attach the pod to it by the time the pod breaks. Uh, if you don't see that, though, you can always find my top 10 movies of the year, top 25 movies of this decade, last decade, top 10 movies of all time. Just go back and check out my Joker review. People love that review. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at RealWatch. And uh, as always, we're Talking Flick. You can find us over on Twitter at Flick underscore Talking. If you really like the show, you can always leave us a review and a rating. You're going to rate us. On Apple Podcasts or wherever podcast app you're listening to us on. Four and a half. Five stars. Since we don't have producer Ryan. <laughs> yeah, right. Four and a half. Why? Four and a half. 20 bucks and four and a half. You start with Patreon. three. You're just like three stars. Bare minimum. So, <laughs> at least go with five. Uh, if you really, really like the show, you can become a Patreon. Uh, we have a link in the description for everybody's thing. Um, in the Patreon, Patreons can force me to watch Better Call yeah, Saul. Yeah, Patreons get a say in what we watch too as well. Unfortunately. So, I disagree with that policy. And, <laughs> that's all right. And you can literally donate however much, however much amount of money that you want to donate. So, but that's all we got for you guys this week. We will talk at you next week. Oh, I got a line. You want to do a line at the end?
Yeah, do a line at the end. We'll, we got yeah. a flying mouse to kill, and I got to clean my claws. <laughs> <That's> so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pick which one I wanted to close with. I couldn't decide. <laughs>